You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. Welcome back to another episode of Movie Sucktastic, Episode Six. Thanks, thanks for catching me there. I, fr- I froze. I, fr- I couldn't it's, think of anything. Quite in. all right. I don't start well, but once you get me going, oh yeah, yeah, we're back. Movie oh, Sucktastic, yeah. Episode Six of Movie Sucktastic, uh, chugging right along. Things are taking form. Uh, adding more and more technology to the system. Yep. You can search for us on iTunes, like I said, podcast.com or podcastalley.com. That's right. We're on Twitter at Movie Sucktastic. And we are on Facebook. Facebook, our fan page for Movie Sucktastic. Yep. Yeah, so we're just trying, you know, we just started the whole thing. So the Twitter, we, st- we have very few followers on Twitter right now. I think the number's five at the moment, since you finally followed us. I, I apologize. No, it's not good enough. I'm, a, I'm more of a Facebook guy than a Twitter guy. Uh, I just, I am. And I think a lot of people are as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and we're on, we're on uh, Facebook as well. We're up, to, we're up to 20 or so. Just, just, you know, I just started 20, up a couple of while 20 plus ago. right now. Yeah. So you can catch our videos that we post on our website. You can also catch them on Facebook. You can catch them on YouTube. And uh, I haven't done a MySpace yet, but there's a lot of places to catch us online. MySpace is dead. <laughs> well, but, anyway. But that, that's the plugging for the sites. You know, so if this is your first time listening to us, check it out because we've got lots of stuff. And we're trying to do more written movie that's reviews right. and more video interviews and stuff like that. Uh, we'll be covering Avatar. Next month, uh, we... Just uh, briefly mention... Uh, I thought it was coming out in November. December 18th. Oh, my, my fault. I thought it was yeah. November. Nope. December 18th. Uh, basically, what happened was we went to go see Saw 6, and the sound cut out on us, so we got free passes. So we'll be using that to see Avatar for you. Right. We're not going to spend any money on that. So we're going to cover that. We're actually going to try to interview people outside, a little sign, how bad was this movie, and get people to we'll, talk about it. I, th- I think we'll be successful, because we have to go back to the theater that the sound cut out on us, and that's... At uh, the Paramus uh, Garden State Plaza Mall. I think it's going to be teaming with teenagers and sci-fi geeks of all ages. And next Thursday night, I will be appearing at the Washington Theater, the historic Washington Theater in Washington, New Jersey, for the midnight screening of New Moon, the second film in the Twilight series. I'll be there to screen the film, do an on-spot review, and hopefully get some interviews with people about how the film is. That's going to be... Pretty. I heard. I heard their their midnight showing of that last year was was just wall to wall. Really? Yeah. Wow. So I'm hoping to be there for that. And the uh, Washington Theater. That's wa- uh, Warren County, right? That's Warren County. Warren and County. and that, um, I'm going to talk with Marco. He's the owner operator of the theater. Very nice guy. And I'm slowly kind of drawing him in to try to become the official movie theater of Movie Sucktastic. Try to do some events there in the near future. Right. Hopefully, he's very excited about us. Uh, I, I'm sending him a bunch of info. So. Hoping to plug him because it's, it's a great, nice old theater. Oh, it's great! It's like oh, it was over a hundred years old or near hundred years. It's pushing a hundred, if and, not over. And there's a whole historical rejuvenation program. He's trying to get going with it, and we're just trying to get people that notice the theater and get there because it's a you know it's a beautiful place. It's oh, looking yeah. more beautiful when he's done fixing it. 
Uh, I, I just mean, went there. I was impressed with it when we went there for the midnight showing of Saw 5 last year. Yeah, and I just went there the other night to see the midnight showing of A oh, Christmas sorry, Carol. I saw Saw 4 there. Saw 4 there, yeah. right, because that was the, when you got the speeding ticket. Yeah, we won't go into that again. Yeah, but I went there to see Christmas Carol and midnight showing, and it, it was it was there wasn't Which, as big a turnout for that for midnight showing. That was that was uh, my group and and one other group. It was really? a total of six people there. Yeah. Well, uh, well, since you mentioned a Christmas Carol, I think we should start off this podcast with the top ten from Halloween weekend. Take it away. All right. The number one movie uh, for October thirtieth through November first. Surprisingly enough, the number one horror film Halloween movie was Michael Jackson's This Is It. I almost went to see that. No, you didn't. You're right. I'm not kidding. Okay, good. Uh, That came in at number one with $23 million. Was that the opening weekend for that? Yeah, opening weekend. Well, it's not big for an opening weekend. I can... I mean... Well... It's number one, but it's not that big for an opening weekend. It came out... It came... Well, actually... That's that opening weekend. It, it opened the it same opened, weekend. It opened up Wednesday. Yeah, that's this is the twenty eighth. Yeah, this is the second. No, week. no, no. It's still the same week. Oh, that's right. It opened that's Wednesday. Its first Friday through did, Sunday. Did you, did you have a total for like the six day weekend? Yeah, it's uh, thirty four point four million. That's, it's still good for a, for yeah. a five day. You, they should have waited till Thanksgiving. Think of how much did this movie cost? They should have waited till Thanksgiving. I don't it know co- what they were thinking. It, it this movie cost next to nothing to make because all the footage was already there. They just mm-hmm. had to slap it together, put in uh, you know. Uh, studio footage, archive footage, interview some people. Quincy Jones, I'm sure, was interviewed throughout the whole thing. He Who? always is. Who? Who? You know Quincy Jones. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, anyway. What else? Uh, the number two film was Paranormal Activity. No yeah. surprise there. No, no. I mean, that, it's Halloween weekend. That, that title so, wave of a film. Yeah. Uh, and uh, $16.3 million, And it did it on 2,400 theaters. What's their total up to now? $84 million. That's not shabby. $15,000 budget. What else you got? Uh, law-abiding citizen. Ah, yeah. I, I, we're we, going to talk about that. We just saw that recently. We, and we, we just saw it. We're going to tackle that puppy. Yep. Uh, $7.4 million, and that's in its third week. And you know what? It's made $51 million already. It's it, not it, shabby. I no, it costs it cost fifty. It's made fifty-one. It's definitely in profit margin right now, uh, considering what it's going to do with the foreign market as well, mm-hmm. plus DVDs, cable, all that good stuff. Uh, Couples Retreat, the number four movie, at six point. It's still making money. You for know, it's, sake. it's Vince Vaughn. Six point four like, million. It's up to eighty-seven million. Yeah, yeah, you know, it costs seventy million though. That's a lot of money. For yeah, money well, like how much do they pay for Vince Vaughn? I mean, uh, hopefully how, not a lot. I mean, is he Jennifer Aniston ha- in that? No, no. Oh, she's not. No. Oh no, Sarah Michelle Jessica. Forgetting Parker. Sarah Marshall, the girl from there is in Isn't it. Isn't Sarah um, Jessica Parker in it, Miss? Uh, I thought she was. in No, it. you're thinking of what's her face, uh, the the other one. Michelle from Geller. No, no, I, they all blend together. Right. I can't tell. The British you, guy's in it, isn't he? Russell Brand. Yeah. No. No. I have no idea what's in this film. <laughs> you really don't. All I know is Vince Vaughn and uh, the guy that directed Iron Man, Favreau. John Favreau's in it. Yeah. Vince Vaughn is in it. You know, I see it for Favreau. Uh, actually, um, Silk Spectre two from Watchmen. Oh, really? She's in it. Uh, I can I can't remember her name. Yeah, yeah. don't really care. Uh, all right, the number five movie is Where the Wild Things Are with five point nine million, mm-hmm. with sixty two million total so far. Very very lackluster. That uh, cost a hundred million dollars, and that's the last time I'm going to use lackluster. I apologize for that. Yeah. Cost a hundred million dollars, and it's only at sixty two. You know, twenty. 20, 30 years trying to make that film, and it just dive bombs. Oh, yeah. Now they have the technology to do it, and we mentioned in the last podcast that it should have never come out for Halloween. It should have come out for Thanksgiving. Right. And you know? and, it and, I, and I actually have the list of movies coming out in November, 
And looking at that list, which we will talk about a little bit later, mm-hmm. it would have been – I guarantee it would have been successful. Seriously. And, and you know, and, and, and on our blog – I forgot to mention the blog. Yeah, we have the blog too at boothreviews.blogspot.com, which is our official blog of Movie Sucktastic, right. which you can link to from moviesucktastic.com. It's easy to remember. Um, I, I touched on that in my little interview review where I said the reason that that film didn't do so well is that yeah, the magic is gone. The yeah, magic is dead, people. CGI, I mean – is it's the norm now? No one's impressed anymore. It's it's the, there's no magic. That's why they spent 175 million to make a Christmas Carol. That's why everybody is Google-eyed over Paranormal Activity. Um, yeah, because it's a, it's it might not be a completely original idea because you know it's a haunting type film. But there are the, no original ideas anymore. No, there you're right. Except but, for my screenplays. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, it costs no money. It is creepy. And because of the, the the simple direction, pacing, editing, plotting, and we'll get into that too. Because, yeah, because uh, I did see it. But there is no there, there is no there is no magic left. What's next? Right, uh, Saw Six, the number six movie, which uh-huh. which which would have been doing much better if Paranormal Activity had not been the huge success it was. Or they actually opened Halloween weekend, which they they should have opened Halloween weekend. Right, bad move, bad bad but, bad Saw people. And 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 the thing is, you know, I took a look at. Saw's release dates over the years, and they have released Halloween Weekend. Mm-hmm. They really have, you know. So it's not uncommon that they had to stick to the week before Halloween. It just my whole thing with Saw Six and Paranormal Activity is just judging by the numbers, it's in its second week, and it made five point two million. It's it's gone. It's it. It's it's it's, not, it's, it's faded out. Thank God they already got greenlit for seven and eight. Well, the problem with that is, and I'm sure seven and eight will get done because these movies only cost. But the budget will be a bit lower. The budget's only eleven million already. I thought it was more than that. No, I thought no. they had. I thought... ele- no, the budget's only eleven million already. They don't need more than that. They'll be fine. No, no, no. They, they'll they've be been fine. incrementing a so little what's bit. The like the first one was a million. So no, what's... no, no. I'm not saying that they're not going to make seven and eight. What's they're the problem def- then? The problem is, I th- I have a feeling that people might be done with the franchise. No, a bit. no, no. Honestly, I, no, no. I no. I don't. wait till the DVD sales come out. We'll see what it looks like then. If, I, I just, if the I, DVD sales aren't there, then it has happened. But I, honestly, I think you're reading too much into the weekend scores. Paranormal activity hurt everybody. Paranormal, paranormal activity hurt where the wild things are. Not as much. It definitely hurts Saw well, big time. What I think is going to happen. Sold a, out theaters, dude. For, for paranormal. No, I know. And, what what and, sells out anymore? But I can't tell you. The last time I sat in a sold out theater was probably Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and when I when I was in Paranormal Activity, and it was just a sea of cell phone teenagers using TV, it was just amazing. I was surprised, and it was the second weekend. Right. No, and 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 that's the reason why I think the Saw franchise might be waning a bit is because of the fact that yeah. nobody released the mo- releases a movie against Saw at Halloween. They just right. don't. It's suicide for your film. But what did Paramount have to lose? Cost them eleven thousand exactly. dollars. They yeah. gave it to Spielberg. He did the Hollywood ending, mm-hmm. you know, for them, right? Uh, for the extra scare, and it cost fifteen thousand at that point. Big yeah. deal. So they really had nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. So they released it against Saw Six, and it did extremely well. Now I think if somebody has a, if they feel they have a good enough horror film, they're going to release it against Saw now. Good, because I guarantee they won't. Because because nine, tell- nine tenths of all horror films come out are crap. True. So, but, but release Orphan against Saw. Any, come on, bring it on. 
well, it was released in the summer. It you never know, intended to do it anyway. I know where you're going. Yeah, okay. But I get the feeling that companies aren't going to be afraid to release their film against Saw anymore. And I think That's these fine. numbers are mm-hmm. going to continue for Saw. But but no no film is going to knock Saw out the way Paranormal did because it's a fluke. Paranormal was a fluke. The, the, yeah, they if, had if, hype. and If, it, if it, they it could just... recreate that for every film they release, well, yeah. they, they can't. They, they, right. And they have no idea why people liked it. I don't know why I liked it. I don't know why I went in the first place. Yeah, no, you know? I just... Okay. You know, I know why I did, because people, the whiny bastards that complained about it, I don't really, you saw Paranormal Activity, you like that? I mean, yeah, like, isn't it like Blair Witch? Like, I just, just want to no, slap people. it's not like Blair Witch. I, I, I like Blair Witch. I like Blair Witch, too. So. Film snobs annoy the hell out of me. Yeah. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. No, they're not. No, they really aren't. <laughs> no, some people should not be entitled to opinions. Okay. What's next? We got All right, Astro what? Boy. That uh, opened? In its second week. That's, that's this, open. This, at the time of this recording, we record mostly on the weekends, and we don't usually have the exact tally of the numbers. So uh, this is from the week before. So Astro Boy would actually be in its third week. And how, how's it doing? Uh, not good. Uh, 3.4 million. It's made 11 million so far. Cost 65. Who did that? Who who was behind that? Uh, Remember when Tim Burton was trying to get that made like, yeah, like 15 no, years this ago? Is, uh, it's it's not like you know a DreamWorks or uh, it's not a Buena Vista. It's not Disney type thing. So I, I don't. I, it so it might be, actually be good. It could yeah, it could be Fox. It could be Warner Brothers. I'm not 100 percent sure. But yeah, it's not doing well. Right at all. That's another film that should be released in you know maybe early spring, late, late summer right. or something like that. And that's number seven, right? That is number seven. Number oh, eight is the Stepfather remake. Okay. Um, that also, it's not a. It's doing what they expected. It costs twenty. It's made twenty four so far. Remake a franchise. We'll make our money back. Right. The DVD will be ahead a little bit. That's right. the end of it. It made three point two million in the eighth spot. Right. There so. will be no Stepfather two remake, but this was uh, probably not. No. Um, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, then Cirque de Freak, the Vampire's Assistant, uh, number nine. How much is that made? That's bo- uh, by the way, you were dead on. If you listen to the earlier podcast, you came out and you you predicted six and a half million for opening weekend, didn't you? You pre- did you predict I, that or did we have the numbers already? No, I, no, we had predictions, just like I have predictions for this. Oh, week. I thought you predicted because I, I looked back, I was like, wow, he was dead on with that six point no, no, five no, no, million. No. Uh, no. I have predictions for this weekend, okay. so that we're not totally behind. All right, but that's bombing, right? Uh, totally. Uh, cost forty million. It was made three million last weekend. It's up to ten million, and it's in its second week. You know, it's like every now and then I'll watch TV, and then a trailer will pop up out of nowhere, and I'll watch it for a couple seconds, and I and there's a split second of reality where I'm just trying to trying to figure out if it's a parody or not. Like if it's a fake tra- trailer yeah. for a movie that has. It's like, is this really a film? That, that, no, no, no I, this is coming out. <laughs> what? Wait, no, no, no. This can't be a real movie. Exactly. No, you're right. No, it's it, like, like the first time I ever saw a commercial for Cop Rock. Way oh when, yeah, like, this is an SNL <laughs> skit, is, right? Is, this is, is this is a this is a skit. It's a parody, right? Is and this then, really happening? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the number ten film is Amelia, and that's with Hilary Swank. Amelia Earhart. Exactly. Yes. Uh, and you know what? That is, they're obviously pushing for Oscar with that because. It's out on a thousand screens. Made three million dollars. Yeah, I think we're doing our anti-Oscar uh, episode this year. I think. I think <sighs> no, definitely. We're done because, with it, right? Are, are you done with it? I'm, I'm, done. I'm totally done. And you know what? It, it's it's gotten to the point where I've looked at the movies that have been 
released for this because they always shoot for uh, fall and uh, winter to release their Oscar noms. You know that the Academy will look at to nominate, and now it's up to ten movies. Yeah, I can't see ten movies. I mean, I, I see maybe one or two here, mm-hmm. but you know that this year films like uh, The Road will be nominated for Best Picture. Not maybe not. It might be a great film, but it might not be Best Picture worthy. But it'll get nominated because they have ten slots to fill now. Right. They have so much filler. Up will probably be in there. Mm-hmm. You know, and get nominated. Uh, you might even have Cirque du Freak. No, uh, but uh, you know, you might even have a film like Dare I Say It, Where the Wild Things Are. If it was that well made, you know, it's just because there's going to be a lot of filler now. There's not just five movies. Wait, that's that's based on a kid's book, isn't it? Where the Wild Things Are? No, Cirque du Freak. I believe it is. That's yeah. a kid's. I remember that. Okay, it just, yeah. it just clicked. Yeah, I remember. You know, Amelia's that. probably going to get nominated for Best Picture. I mean, yeah. there's, I, there's just so many movies that are going to. There's going to have. You're going to see like your three, four, maybe five. That okay, okay. I can definitely see that those are definitely the ones. If it was still at five noms, those would get in. But then you're going to see four or five in there mm-hmm. that are. You're just going to know that's just filler, right? Really, you really are. So that's the top ten. For October 30th through November 1st. I, I, I have a suggestion. Let's hear it. I think we should do a, a podcast of the Oscars. We should record while we watch live. Oh. With the sound turned down, like with subtitles up, and just record ourselves watching the Oscars. <laughs> okay. And just get the highlights of that for our show. Just our answer. Why, why watch it after and complain about it? So we just get this, the hate and bile like come out pure right okay. there. I'm, I'm gonna throw that out there. It's a good idea. I like that. Maybe I'll have an Oscar party, and everyone, everybody, everyone in the podcast. There you go. We nice. got the mic now. That oh, the evil's flowing. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh. So we, finger list. Finger list. Uh, the finger list. We, we don't do that often. We're trying to do it more often. Anytime we do the top ten, we will. We try to do the finger list. Which is out of the top ten. Now, films. do you want to do the finger list for the Halloween weekend top ten, or do you want to do it for the estimated? Top ten for this estimated. Weekend. We'll do the estimated. We'll do the estimated. So, so we'll lead into it with that. Basically, the top okay. ten. The finger list is out of the top ten films of the week of the weekend. Which film would you rather cut your pinky finger off than watch? Okay, uh, the top ten estimates for this coming weekend, which mm-hmm. is uh, November sixth through eighth, right? Is the number one film estimated to be number one is Disney's A Christmas Carol, right? At forty two million. Then you have number two, Michael Jackson's This Is It, number two. Uh, the Fourth Kind in at number three. That would be Paranormal Activity with UFOs, owls, and people half asleep. And the only reason it was even released at all was because, because of, paranormal. of Paranormal Activity. There you go. And it, realistically, I'd have to look back to see if it ever was a January release because I can guarantee it was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was even released. I mean, you look at that, it looks just like... It's like fake, real footage. They just pushed it, yeah. they pushed it out because Paranormal was doing... Absolutely. Test, testing through the roof, so... And it's estimated to make $13.5 million this weekend, too, so... Oh, well... I mean, it's not horrible, but it's doing it on 2,500 get... screens, so it's not doing Paranormal money. People are not kind of tired of it, but they're kind of... make some cash. They're, they're kind of done with it, because now we're moving into Thanksgiving and Christmas, so... Right. People are more concentrating on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, The Men Who Stare at Goats, which I really want to see. I read the book. Excellent book. Really? It's, it's a true story. No, I know. Yeah. I, and it's, it's, I just love George Clooney, so anything that he'll, he does, I'm almost going to watch Hugh it. Hugh McGregor always. and George Clooney, like a, they, they had great comic timing. They're right. kind of, it's, yeah. And then the whole Jedi thing, mm-hmm. and then they have Ewan McGregor in there. It's yeah, like, no, the, the, book, <laughs> the book's great. The movie looks great. I'm dying to see it. 
Uh, then you have at number five, The Box. Ah, uh, yeah, by Richard Matheson. Right. Based on the short story by him. Yep. The man who also wrote I Am Legend, so that's why this is out. Yep. This was also, actually, um, they've done Twilight Zone episodes. I think the new Twilight Zone series, they did an episode based on The Box. Okay. I, I've seen that. So, and actually, it's a short story, and I remember seeing it as a, as a half hour or one hour Twilight Zone episode. Okay. And I remember remember it being like the right size for that. And I see the trailer, and they put so much weirdness into the movie to try to stretch out the concept. Really? Uh, so I, it, it could either be great or it could, it could suck. Yeah. Because I don't. Because the concept by itself is not enough for a film. Right. Yeah. No, it was too short. But but just, what, yeah. all the kind of conspiracy, supernatural, weird stuff they put into it might make it a could big be film. Interesting. That's something we're going to mention when we do our Thanksgiving list. Is the amount of horror films that end up in November because of the overlap for Halloween. Mm-hmm. It, there's just so many. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know if you would constitute this as a horror film, but you definitely wouldn't say it's not a thriller or a you know suspense type film. Right. It's not everything can be released at Halloween, so it overlaps. Mm-hmm. That's why you get things like you know uh, the fourth kind and the box and things like that. Yeah. So uh, number six, Paranormal Activity. Right. Uh, which is it sounds about right because you got a bunch of new films in the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's eight point five estimated. Then Law Abiding Citizen. At number seven. At number seven. Couples Retreat. Mm-hmm. Uh, number eight. Right. Where the Wild Things Are at number nine. And Saw Stills Holding On in the top ten at number ten. Hmm. So, finger list. After you, sir. I'm going to have to go with Michael Jackson's This Is It. Yeah, you know, there's there's no I, there's no passionate hatred for me for any of these films for the most part. Yeah. Uh, I... I It's almost a tie for This Is It or The Fourth Kind, but I think between the two of them, I'd probably be be more uh, pained by This Is It. Uh, You know what? Yeah. This Uh, Is It. You know what? I think I'd rather see The Fourth Kind over Couples couples Retreat, which I I was going... Let's put it this way. If Michael Jackson's This Is It wasn't in the top ten, it would have been Couples Retreat. But... I, you know, I, I, if it wasn't for This Is It, I'd take a pass. I, I, I would see all the films on the list. Really? I wouldn't have a finger to cut off. But uh, when Michael Jackson's It, This Is It, and partly for the audience, for me. Yeah, yeah. No, okay, I, could, I get that. I just, the, the, the level of, um, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll annoy some people, the, the level of intelligence of the people that go to see that in the theater, mm-hmm. I don't want to be sitting next to them. No. 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 So, yeah. Well, okay, so we're both in agreement. And that's right, I just insulted Michael Jackson fans. There. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even insulting Michael Jackson. Just the people that would go see his film. Yeah, yeah. So okay, we're in agreement. Michael Jackson's. This is it. Yeah, but but very very. You know, I may, I may even like change my mind halfway through. I can like bandage my hand up and go see it anyway. <laughs> I was like, yeah, they were giving out free uh, lanyards at the opening weekend, so that would almost like pay for itself. So all the new movies that open up this weekend are The Box, A Christmas Carol, The Fourth Kind, and The Men Who Stare at Goats. Right. You've seen A Christmas Carol. Be haunted by three spirits. I'd rather not. I am the ghost of Christmas past. Ah! Haunt me no longer! (laughs) 
given a second chance to get your life right. This holiday season, the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future will give one man that chance. This November, Walt Disney Pictures and Image Movers Digital invite you to experience the classic tale like you've never seen it before in Disney Digital 3D and IMAX 3D. Disney's A Christmas Carol. Yes, yes, I have. Let's hear about it. Uh, I didn't even make notes yet because I was I really midnight showing of it. Uh, you can go to moviesucktastic.com and you can see my video review. Yep. Two o'clock in the morning in the lobby after watching the damn thing. I've been complaining about this since Beowulf. That the CGI, every the whole concept of making computer cartoon graphic thingies to the point where they're realistic, peaked with Shrek. That, no, yeah, I mean, you, ha- you have the, you know, you have the the forest and the swamp side, which is more cartoony, but then you have, you know, uh, like the princess and and, and uh, the peasants and all that, and that's just you know, I, I ultra-realistic. I don't even mean, like, as far as, like, realism, as far as the uh, the fluid motion, the ex- facial expression, the skin, the, the hair... That that was the last time I saw a film where I was like, oh, wow, they really did a good job. Everything after that's been, well, yeah, I know they can do that. I saw Shrek. I, I actually okay, caught I, I caught the last half hour of Beowulf recently because I have not watched the film. Really? And, and again, I just, all right, why couldn't we do this live action? Because uh, I'm sure Angelina Jolie would have stripped for a live action version, so they didn't have to do this. I, you know what? I did like Beowulf, and the whole time that I'm watching the film, liking this film... Just saying, this could have been done live action mm-hmm. the whole time, and as much as I liked it, there's always that one little piece of me that says, if they had done this live action and just right. thrown in, you know, just really good special effects, it would have been it would have been fine, right? And that's what should have been done, but they didn't do it. And I think Beowulf costs up, upwards in the range of one hundred and fifty million, one seventy five, just like this. One hundred seventy five million for uh, a Christmas Carol. Yeah. Uh, so Zemeckis' first Disney film since um, Polar Express. Polar, I believe Polar Express, which I've never seen. I've and, seen that, and again, it's ultra real. It's again live action. It would have been fine. And Jim Carrey's first Disney film, so now he's whoring for Disney. And, yeah. I, I mean, I do give them credit for one, trying to make a faithful adaptation of the Dickens classic. Okay. They really, actually, it's too, it's too, faithful? it's too faithful because the first ghost is like a candle. Oh. And in really? the, with the flame, and in the film, they have like the voice is all, ah, oh, I'm the ghost of Christmas. And they just play with the candle moving its head. And watching it, it's like, you know, this is very faithful. And I, I rather watch the cabbie from Scrooged. I just, <laughs> I, it's just too annoying. Uh, but they keep it faithful, but it's too faithful for two reasons. One, it's it's a, it's a family film, right? Right. This is not this is not a film for young kids. Oh, really? 
because they keep some of the darker aspects uh, while like at the end of the Father Christmas present, you okay. know, Christmas, Ghost of Christmas present. When well, we, we shouldn't fault it for that, though. Yes, because it, they they made it as a cartoon to gear towards children, and then they're, there's a, well, they're, they're fooling they're, you into taking your children, right? And and I but sat the end, there. The, I, the adult is the one that's going to be more happy. I'm faulting them for doing it though, because they know what they're doing. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sitting there just knowing my heart full of glee that some parents going to spend the next two weeks wait, hearing their kids scream at two o'clock in the morning, waking up because they saw Father Christmas like holding his chest and dying slowly, <laughs> and and why. While while a, a uh, while a mugger and prostitute come out from underneath his robes and attack Scrooge, wow! It's not it's not a kids' film. Okay. So the problem is it's a schizophrenic film because because one third of the film is really serious, dramatic, straight Dickens. Okay. One one third of it is cutesy stuff for the kids and the parents that you can laugh at, and one third of it is now we're zooming over rooftops. Oh, now it's coming right at you. 3D coming right at you. Yeah, um, and I've mentioned in prior podcasts that the 3D thing is just really starting to piss me off. Well, and they're doing it now because now it's cost-effective because of the cartoons. It's so well, easy to do for well, cartoons. Well, yeah, it's not difficult to just add that extra bit. Right, because when you're they're shooting already, a live-action 3D... They're already animating the, the, the film, so it's it's easy-peasy. Right. I mean, when you're, when you're shooting a live-action film, you need the special film, you the special the filters, camera. filters, yeah, yeah. But now sure. it, it's just... Just pl- you know, and plug it in. Type it. In, put the code in. It's 3D. There you go. Did you just go Tron? Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like that's yeah. <laughs> just just get Master Controller to take care of it. Everything will be fine. <laughs> okay. Jeff Bridges will make it 3D. Just by typing in, make it 3D. Make it 3D. Enter. Yeah. Okay. Wait for the prompt to come up. Okay, that works. I don't think you can use make because I don't think computers understand this. You have to, you have to put turn turn sy- film to 3D. Syntax error. Syntax error, yeah. yeah. Okay. If 10, go to 20. <laughs> but no, I, I, was, and I was for the most part bored. And, and I know I'm supposed, to be, I'm supposed to be sitting there marveling at how realistic it looks like, but you hire Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey's the goofy guy you hire because he can do it with stuff with his face and with his body. Oh, he's, yeah. he's a physical actor with a great... Uh, ability to do voices and impressions, yep. and they animated them. Yeah, and they probably paid them an ass load of money, probably, so they could animate them. Probably, and and the, and the thing about it too is, on numerous occasions, numerous occasions, it's been noted that he saved, co- you know, studios millions of dollars just what he can do with his face and his body, you know, his physical comedy. Uh, one perfect example is the mask. Mm-hmm. They said because of how he could have contorted his his chin and his jaw, they said that he saved them. I think it was estimated in a million or two million dollars. Easy. That that covers craft service. Yes. It yeah. Does. So that was annoying throughout the film because there'd be scenes. There were a couple scenes where actually I'm watching. I'm thinking, you know what? This would be great if Jim Carrey was actually acting. This would be this would be Jim Carrey. Doing going back to like the serious acting thing because he did that for a little bit with uh, Man in the Moon. Man in the Moon. He did it with Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. But now he's fallen back to Yes Man and this stuff because it makes he makes money every time he does it. Yeah. And this one, it was like, wow, this could be this could be. It could have almost been Oscar material, at least for a nomination for something for for acting. If it, if they had done a straight film at it, yeah, but you know what? There's no money in that. Uh, the Truman Show as well. Truman Show. I was going to mention yeah. that. Yeah. But there's no there's no money in a straight adapta- adaptation of, of uh, 
No. Of Dickens. No. And so it just. Uh, they could have made a really. They could, Zemeckis could have made a really good. Stri- well, you know, what? if it was a real film, Zemeckis wouldn't have done it. No, uh, he's kind of gone the way of all special effects all the time now. Right. And it's gotten to the point where it's just silly and absurd. Yeah. I just don't know where you went, uh, Zemeckis. You went lazy. Lazy. Yeah, as um, as a lot of filmmakers are going these days. So, I mean, you know, that's why I see a film coming out like The Road, and I just say to myself, realistically, that's probably going to be a lot of uh, real storytelling, real acting, and, you know, it'll have special effects, but it'll probably be more stunt work than anything else. So I'm looking forward to it. Oh, the CGI will come into play for a lot of the... What they, what they would usually do matte backgrounds for, yeah, like all the the scenery and I mean, and, and that's, I don't mind stuff like no, that. no, and that's that's, that's where that's it marvels. That's where it's marvelous, and I think it's wonderful because then they can just focus on doing the film. Yeah. But when they use CGI for, for I remember, I, I think it kicked me in the in the in the head watching Daredevil in the theater, which is bad enough. Yeah. Watching Daredevil, Probably but there's not. a scene where he's at the end. Uh, spoiler alert: He's on the top of the building and he drops a rose. And it falls d- down to the ground right. in a puddle. The, the, whole, ro- the whole yeah. the rose is CGI. It falling is CGI. The ground it falls on is CGI. The wa- the puddle it falls next to is CGI. And the rat that runs by is CGI. All could have been done with real things. Could have been a real rose, a real puddle, real ground, and, it and a real rat. It's not. You know what? You probably could have done it for a tenth of the cost. And you know who I blame for that? Forrest Gump. Yeah, when the I goddamn first, feather. When I first saw Forrest Gump, I thought it was an okay film when I first saw it. Uh, <laughs> well, I didn't think it was a bad movie. That's also I, a Zemeckis movie, by I, the way. I still don't think it's so a it's, bad it's film. So it's kind of come full circle, I still if you really think yeah, about it. Yeah, I still don't think it's a bad film. I just think it's overly hyped and is nowhere close to as good as it could be. No, and it's one of those things where if the Academy really just sat back and looked at a lot of the movies it gave Best Picture, it probably would say, you know what? Pulp Fiction should have got Best Picture that year, hands down. Mm-hmm. That you know, the, the, if they looked back at a lot of films like that, I think they would see a lot of movies like scratching their heads, going, but "Why did we give that movie Best Picture?" Because that year? because if they gave it to Pulp Fiction, the right wing would come out and, and say that Hollywood was glorifying heroin use and violence for giving a uh, Oscar to a film like that. Yeah. Of course, they had no problem. Raging Bull gets uh, gets an Oscar. Well, best actor. Best actor. Yeah. Uh, you know that's still you know for De Niro. Yeah, for because okay. So is that, does that mean is Hollywood promoting uh, beating you know, your wife? And, be, well, and they they do sleeping yeah. with underage children. Right. No, that's, that's a, well, the right wing does support that. Oh, do so. they? Well, at least <laughs> by proxy. <laughs> Not for real. I was I was contemplating doing an, my own side show, like doing a, a political podcast, just me. Yeah, but I kind of realized that it would start off like it'd be a one-hour podcast, and the first fifteen minutes would be like talking about current events, and it would de- slowly degenerate. And the last ten or fifteen minutes would just be me cur- a string of obscenities into the microphone, followed by like quiet sobbing as I just like roll over into the corner <laughs> until the tape runs out or whatever. So I think it's not a bad. I-, I think it's a bad idea. What tape? I, I don't know, but that's- it had to be a tape. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could add that sound effect if you want. <laughs> It means like Joey, uh, like Joey calling me. Are you okay? Turn off the microphone. Like, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, the thing with Forrest Gump with where he meets different people through the years and, you know, their mouths are animated and it just, back then it... But it was the feather. The feather That's started. That's what did it. The goddamn yeah. feather. Yeah. Well, you know, and also Forrest Gump really started 
them using those types of special effects in commercials and music videos too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, and it just where the one music video that comes to mind is uh, Soundgarden's "Black Hole Sun," where it just "Black Hole Sun," won't you come? That's all I know. Uh, yeah. But, you know, there's, there's a scene. And then there's the chorus. Black hole sun! Black hole sun! Won't you come? You were saying? Anyway, so... Anyway. Uh, <laughs> never mind. I, I just... Never mind. It just it just kind of generated and escalated to things like that. Yeah, so basically, so. That, that's my main gripe with the Christmas story. It's boring... And some of the parts, yeah. it's interesting. Some of the parts, you already know the but story, it's not interesting and I'm against in, the story. By the way, too, I don't like a Christmas Carol. Oh, really? You know why? Why is that? Because Scrooge turns too quick. This man has spent literally half his life, if not more, yeah. being a complete bastard. Right. That's why I like the one with Bill Murray. Yeah, he he doesn't turn to like literally the last right. fifteen minutes. Of but the film. I'm watching a Christmas Carol with with Jim Carrey. Drew Carey should have played that. That'd be more interesting. <laughs> Jim Carrey, and literally, the first time he sees Tiny Tiny Tim, like the first vision he sees of Tiny Tim, yeah. please tell me the boy doesn't die. He's seen crippled people in the street before. This is England in that time right. period. It, and that was another thing, too. The animation, yeah, the most sterile, grungy time, the most like grungy, London. Yeah. London in that time period. It's cloudy. It just always seems to be like they show no chimney sun. sweeps. They show chimney sweeps sweeping on the roof during one of the big uh, ooh look at things coming at the camera scenes. Yeah, and it's the cleanest trip chimney sweep I've ever seen. There's there's a scene where a miniature miniature Scrooge because yeah. he gets shrunken down to two inches high. Okay, climbs through a sewer pipe and it's a clean sewer pipe. Really, there, they, it's, it's it's the film is so sterile. Even the parts that are supposed to be grungy or dirty, they're very sterile. And there's no soul to the film. And no matter how much, like even, there's really good dramatic, the the voice acting is excellent. And it's well written. It's, it's, well, you know, it's it's, well well written to an extent. So is Beowulf, uh, you know. Mm. No, I liked Beowulf, but. Mm. Did you see the whole thing? No, I saw the last half hour. Well, that's not good enough. It really is. No, it's not. It really is. I know the story, and I saw the. No, it's not. Because the CGI. If it wasn't for the CGI, I would have been interested. Well, I love the story of There's no magic anymore. I'm tired of being no magic. No, no, no. You're right. And, you know, that's kind of where we're going with this. So, by all means, take your five-year-old, seven-year-old to see A Christmas Story, and then deal with... Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol. Sorry. Christmas Story is better. Much. Take your young child to see A Christmas Carol, and then deal with the child psychologist later, and the screaming, and the nightmares, and, and, you know, have a happy Christmas. So, so we're good other than that. Yeah. But dun, that, that's dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's my review on, on Christmas Carol. That I, I really I didn't take notes afterwards because it was it was too damn late. Yeah. Um I mean the only thing that pops in my head is literally what I said. Is and you know, there's, there's there are a couple scenes where I was like, Oh, that's kinda interesting or that but nothing wowed me. Nothing wows you anymore in these damn things. And I, I actually forgot it was three D because I didn't see it in three D. Oh, okay. And so, the, like yeah. the first ten, the first ten minutes is almost like the sweeping through London. And at one point, I'm thinking to myself, "Why does the camera keep going through things? Like going through a wreath and going through what's why?" And I, oh, wait a minute, this is supposed to be yeah, a 3D. And, and the problem with things like that is, I kind of think they were right before that. It takes away from the film a little bit when you see a movie that is 3D and you don't actually see it in 3D because you can absolutely tell when, oh, uh, okay, this is supposed to be in 3D. 
I'm not seeing it in 3D, so it kind of ruins it. And it's written and directed towards the gimmick. So there are scenes in that film that shouldn't be there, don't belong in there, don't help the film, don't progress the film, right. but they're there to showcase the the special effects. Yeah. And and this is why... Like Star Wars. <laughs> and this is why I, I'm really hoping that 3D kind of dies it does. very quickly. It comes, it, it's taking longer now, though, because it doesn't cost as much. That's the problem. Well, They can keep on making every kid's film in 3D that they want. The problem is, I think they're really trying to shoot for the stars with 3D because they're now... They're now coming out with TVs that have 3D built in, yeah. So that you can actually use the right polymorph glasses, right? You know, like if you went to the theater to see it first, yeah. So, you know, personally, I could give a crap about 3D if, per se, it helps me enjoy video games more. Then I'm all for it. But as far mm-hmm. as movies go, keep 3D out of my movies. Yeah. I just don't care for it. Oh, oh. On a final note, yeah. uh, I have not checked any of the reviews for A Christmas Carol. Uh, they're positive. They're positive? Yeah. If there are any negative ones out there, uh, I, I would like to predict at least one of them uses it says humbug. <laughs> and if they do, it's find, ine- find that critic and beat them. It's inevitable, though. Yeah, it is. It is. It yeah. really is. Yeah. I, I, I would have given the review humbug if I didn't realize how bad it is and how somebody else will do it. What are you going to do? Uh, complain. Uh, okay. So, you want to take a quick break? Sure. Let's take All a break. Right, let's take a quick break. You know, rinse rinse the, the Christmas carol out of my mouth. Yep. So uh, we'll be right back. Yeah. Go wash out for dinner, pumpkinhead. Okay, I got it. Get back out of here! What are you doing? Come on! The Shelton case. Where are we? Let's make the deal. They killed a little girl there. Some justice is better than no justice at all. You need to tell the husband. I don't understand. With Darby's testimony, Ames will go to death row. What? The jury's gonna believe me. The deal is done. I'm sorry. This is just how the justice system works. execution has turned into something out of a horror film the machine was corrupted who could have done this i killed your friend ames in prison but i wanted to keep you all for myself your heart is beating so fast me too did you murder clarence darby he killed my wife and child i guess we're done counselor you might want to cancel your 12 30 lunch with judge roberts Hello? You and whoever else you have helping you are going to pay. Now you're the one who makes deals with murderers, yeah. So I've come to make mine. Release me or what? Or I kill everyone. We have him locked up and he's still killing people? I found a couple of contract payments from the Department of Defense. Tell us what we're dealing with. A spy? Spies are a dime a dozen. Clyde is a brain and he was the best. If Clyde wants you dead, you're dead. We're going to lock the city down, put an armed cop on every corner. He's in jail because he wants to be in jail. (laughs) I'm going to bring the whole system down on your head. It's got to be biblical. You will end this. I'm just getting warmed up. 
And we're back with Movie Sucktastic. Uh, the next movie we're going to talk about is Law Abiding Citizen. Yes, yes, yes. So I was excited about this film. When I saw the first trailer... Well, the one line that got me, I'm going to take the whole system down. This it's, is going to be biblical. Yep. It's it, like, it just... Oh! <laughs> or actually, it's going to be biblical. It's going to be biblical. And it's just like, all right, I have to see this movie. On that line alone, I have to see this movie. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. Right. Except dot, dot, dot for the last ten minutes of the movie. Last ten minutes. It's, it's one of the things we're... Extremely disappointing. We're digging the film. We saw this together in the theater. We're digging this film so much. Yep. Loving it. I was just, yeah, it's great. And I mean, uh, the shit that he puts this entire system through, the ju- judicial system, now the ba- the basic is setup, beautiful. The basic gist of the film is that, uh, what was it, Clive, Clive Owen? No. No. Gerard Butler. Gerard, same thing. So <laughs> Gerard Butler uh, has his wife and kid are brutally murdered in front of him during a, a home invasion. Well, the wife is brutally raped and killed in front of him. The now, daughter now, is let's, taken. Now, let's be fair. He, he rapes her after she, he stabs her. Yeah. So she could have been dead but before he was finished. Well, I was getting to the point that the daughter isn't actually murdered in front of him. They take her away, and he, but they, they just say that she was killed. You're going you're gonna to argue that fine point. Sure. His, his wife and daughter are br- brutally murdered while he's there. Uh, he <laughs> witnesses the event. So yes, they, yes, it goes to the prison, and Jamie Foxx, in order to protect his, his, uh, his success rate yeah, for he makes trials. a deal behind closed doors that doesn't involve Butler's knowledge. And right. it involves both men getting prison time, one getting the death penalty, and one gets off like three, five three years. years. Yeah, but the real kicker is the guy that got the three years is the guy that actually did all the killing. The guy that got and the raping. death penalty and the raping, and the guy that got the death penalty is the one that just kind of stood there and watched. Who you could tell he deserved it too, but no, yeah, he absolutely deserved it because he didn't do anything to stop him. Right. But you could tell that he's going through his head, man. I this isn't what the hell am I doing here? Right. So what no this one, really isn't for me. So what nobody knows is that Gerard Butler's. A- Secret but, agent kind of stuff, and ten he's, years. He's, lo- he's actually more than that. He's, he's like well, a, he's much a, more. He's yeah, a, like a serious. He's one of those shady specialists. Specialist in, yeah. in making sure people die, and so he decided. He decided. Ten years later, he just starts killing everybody. It took him ten years to come up with this master plan. Well, the wait. He was waiting for it. Yeah, beautiful. And and the thing is, they kind of it kind of takes on a seven sort of John Doe situation yeah. where. Or even saw to a certain extent where his character is so smart that he actually knows people are going to do before they do it. Yep. He's planned so far in, advent, in advance that he's predicted and he's manipulating events in such a way. So, and, and there's a possibility of you know, he, does he have accomplices and how does he know what's going to happen next? And and is are we doing what he wants us to do? And it's really that kind of that kind of trap where it's uh, every time they do something because they think they're helping, it's actually working against oh, them. Absolutely. And you're and rooting for him the whole way. Yeah, you absolutely love Gerard Butler's character, uh, Clyde. And at what point in the film? Am I That's why I thought it was Clive Owen because oh, his, his name, name is Clyde, Clyde, and I got confused. And through the whole movie, you're just rooting for him left and right, and you don't even give a shit if he's killing someone that's innocent. They're in the judicial system. They're part of the poison. They're part of the disease. You gotta go, right. you know. And it's the only way you're gonna learn something. Mm-hmm. Kind of scenario. Yeah. My favorite, and it, it's my favorite great. scene. My favorite scene, hands down. You heard me laughing. Was the second half uh, when he defends himself in the court? Oh, oh, <laughs> just, just that. He's got a nice bait and switch. And oh yeah, he's he's playing with everybody. Yep. And so what happens though is that the last ten minutes of the film. Now, now let's be fair. Uh, we, uh, it's not a spoiler alert because we're going to try not to mention how it ends. 
But oh, Scott kind of pulled me to the side and said, "I really want to ruin the ending of this film because I hated it that much." If it wasn't still in the theater, I'd be I'd be all for it. I'm not that big on well, anti spoilers, I mean, yeah. but it's still it in just, the theater. And you know what? I, I wouldn't even tell someone not to see the film. It's a great film. No, it's a good, really great film. But yeah. be, be prepared to be pissed off in the last ten minutes. And a lot of the negative reviews that I've been reading online are because of the ending. Because everyone's like, "Am I?" Hmm. They're just kind of scratching their head, going, "Can you say?" Test audience? <laughs> you know, there's a rumor, and it's just a rumor, that there is an alternate cut of the film. There's gotta be. No, that's not... Oh, 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 oh! And also, another film where they show the ending in the trailer. Yep. Motherfuckers. I, yep, and that was one of the reasons why I got really mad uh, when we were talking after the film. It's like, they showed the ending in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Again! You know, it's like, when are they going to stop doing that? Did I mention the trailer for Orphan in our last podcast? Uh, you did. That, I did? Yeah. That that they mentioned that the, the it was a trailer for the DVD coming out. Mm-hmm. And they say, now with a d- new alternate ending. And they show the ending of the, the alternate ending in the trailer. Yep, and it ruined it for you. And, and that's why I haven't bothered, because I still haven't seen it. They really have to stop with I showing the ending in the trailer. I understand they want to show all these cool scenes from the film, but I mentioned Seven. Because yeah. of the John Doe character and the Clyde character, again the whole the orchestration of events and like the bad guy that you're kind of rooting for because he's, he's not really hurting anybody. He's I the care anti-hero. About. Anti-hero, exactly. He's the yeah. Punisher. You know, you're totally rooting for the anti-hero. Oh, the scene with the stake. Oh yeah. <laughs> the scene with the judge. There are the some, scene with the. There are some great uh, scenes in this film with with his law. I mean, just every scene in the movie. When you see it, you're like. I just fucking love Gerard Butler's character. Yeah. You just love Gerard yeah. Butler's character. I mean, see the film. It's a good film. But the last 10 minutes of the film, just be prepared to be angry. Be prepared to, yeah. to walk it's, out of there. It's a cheesy pick. ass. It's a Hollywood ending. Holly- yeah, there you go. It's a Hollywood ending because it, it, the test audiences didn't like the original ending. Guaranteed. So they changed it at the last minute. And you're going to fucking hate it. Oh, that is a guaranteed mm. fact. If, if there's an alternate ending, I will get the DVD. If, if, and I will figure out a way to splice that into yeah. the real cut, and <laughs> I'll make I'll make us back up copies. And there's only one screenwriter. <laughs> yeah. So that's usually that's usually a great sign. Yeah, it's Kurt Wimmer. And, and, um, and what's he done beforehand? Did you ever check that? I didn't check what I what he did beforehand. Uh, usually I do that, but I didn't this time. I, I'm big on that. I usually look at the writer. I don't care about the director. I care about the writer. You know, being a writer myself. Yeah, F. Gary really... Gray uh, is the director. And what did he do before? He did the Negotiator. Oh, you know, not bad. Not he, a bad no, film. He actually did not a great film, but not he bad, actually not did another film. film right before this that is very notable, and I forgot to write it down, and I apologize. Well, for it's that. not that notable. Well, I saw. <laughs> you know what? I saw his list of films, and I forgot to hit print because I was doing all notes for the entire podcast. Uh huh. But uh, no, but he, he's done. You know, the, the negotiator, and you're right. That wasn't a bad film at all. But you know, just. Just be prepared to hate the ending. Well, yeah, Seriously. I mentioned Saw. I mean, Seven. Yes. Seven. If you remember back to Seven, not only did they not reveal the ending of the trailers, they managed to advertise that film without letting anyone know that Kevin Spacey's even in the goddamn film. That's right. I remember seeing it in the theater, and, and he like, the minute he walks in the screen, he's like, I didn't know he was in, No one knew. He's no. not in the... He wasn't credited on, on any of the pre-credits, and yeah. no, no no advertising. Had, they kept it a secret, yep. purposely. And the thing about it was, he had also done The Usual Suspects the same year. He was a big name. At they, that point... They, they had a film with a big-name actor at the time, and he still is a big name to an extent. Yeah, at that um, point. And they didn't use him in advertising. 
As a matter so of fact, there's no excuse for not for for putting the ending in the goddamn trailer. No, of course you can not. avoid that. No, absolutely. And, and seven it, was such seven was such like a a, a hit and miss wild card too. I mean, came they, out in September of '95. You know, uh, they had no idea that film was going to be received as well as it was. No. No, so they really no. had no reason to, to, to give it that kind of stock. It was like, okay, don't don't use Kevin Spacey's name in advertising. And if I'm not mistaken, the release date was pushed around a lot. Like I think it had a January at one point, oh. which is common. It doesn't seem so common anymore, but it was definitely yeah. common more a few years ago where uh, you get a film like uh, The Butterfly Effect right. where the studios just don't get it. And they go, well, we don't get it, so this movie stinks. Mm-hmm. You get a January. Same thing almost happened with Seven where – you know what, we kind of don't get it, and it kind of had it slated for January, and then it was pushed to a September, and so happy it did, because it did so much better, Yeah, and it it definitely deserved all the accolades it got, mm-hmm. so, but, you know, things like that, and there's actually another movie that is like that, and it's another movie I saw, that uh, it was not received well at all, but was an excellent movie, and that was Revolver. years goes by quick. Are you sure this is a good idea? He owes me and he owes you. Now he has to pay. It's cause and effect. Rule one of any game or con. You can only get smarter by playing a smarter opponent. I've been warned if I let you sit down at this table, I might regret it. I'll touch you for everything under your chin. You're on. Where was security? They gassed him. It was impossible to break into. What well, obviously wasn't impossible to move, now was it, Paul? You don't even use that state. Sam Gold's powder was in there. What's rule two of any game? The more sophisticated the game, the more sophisticated the opponent. Mr. Gold doesn't give more time, and he doesn't give second chances. No one sees gold, but gold sees everything. Sam Gold I found myself chained to. When the opponent is challenged, it means the victim's intelligence is questioned. Pull the truth together. There will be consequences. You think I'm afraid of consequences? No one can accept that. We know Green's behind everything. Hurt him! Get in the car! I wanted you dead, I would have shot you already. Sword of never misses. Something is very wrong here. Wake up, Mr. Green. No one lives and displeases gold. Do you know who Sam Gold is, Mr. Green? He's behind every crime ever committed. You'll always find a good opponent in the very last place you would ever look. Revolver. Oh, you finally saw it. I watched it yesterday. Oh, because I finally got a... I didn't see it when it came out. I finally got around to seeing it three or four months ago, and I just... The minute I saw Joey after that, I was like, dude, you have to see this film. And I remember exactly what I told you. I said, this film, because they never released it or anything? Too smart. This film was too smart for audiences. Yep. 
There is no way this this film would have bombed if it was released in the theater. Mainstream. It, it, it was released. Not mainstream. Li- limited. Yeah, limited. limited. It would not and have survived a mainstream release. It only it only did six and a half million in the UK. You know where Guy Ritchie's films usually do extremely well. Mm-hmm. Just nobody got it. I mean, I watched this movie and I loved it. But and spoiler alert, because we're talking about this. You have to. Yeah. You, you have to. So, just so you know, spoiler alert. It's coming for Revolver. Well, anyway, uh, I saw it last night. Oh, and, yeah, you're, um, you're, it's fresh in your head. Oh, it's totally fresh in my head. And uh, I saw it last night, and just throughout the entire film, and I'm just watching this movie, and I'm just saying to myself, "This is, this is way too smart." You know, and, I kept, and, you know, I kept thinking the first time I saw it. What? He has hair. Oh yeah, that's one of my notes. Uh, God, Why does he have hair? Jonathan Statham. He's he's got a lot of hair. Actually, he's got hair everywhere. He's got a beard. He's got long hair. Yeah. Why? Why does he have hair? And and you know what? This movie has so many layers in it. Mm-hmm. It really does have a lot of layers. You know. Uh, oh, here's my first note. Statham with hair. Wow. <laughs> I didn't uh, know he ever had hair. Yeah, that's my. Probably that's that's, a, that's actually my second note. Seeing Jonathan Statham with hair is weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my first note is actually uh, his voiceover. I thought was very well done. You know, because, you know, Jonathan Statham's got kind of that, uh, you know, British raspy type voice, you know, mm-hmm. and I thought the voiceovers worked extremely well. Especially considering how important the voiceover is by the end of the film. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah. With the whole ego thing and, you know, just, it's just amazing stuff. You know, it, it just... Now, I predicted when I was watching it, it took me halfway through the film to realize that the two guys... That were, were manipulating were the two guys from pri- were the cellmates. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, what one, one and of I thought it was is, clever. Uh, you know, this is where I suspected it. It was my note is I suspected the the ending when he told the story about him in prison. Yeah, that's when I knew it was well, but the two of them. And you probably like me. You thought you were clever. You're like, I know how this is ending. I'm clever because I got this. And then the ending hits, and they reveal the whole thing with the voiceover and the ego, and yep. and and you just sit there and say, I'm an idiot. I I didn't even see this coming. And what well, you know, it's one of the few times in a film you get the. I'm, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't interrupt you. No, no, no. I was just going to say that the film uh, is heavily based on Kabbalah religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you because I actually did a little bit of homework after I watched the movie because it was just itching at my brain. Right. And you know, uh, Big Pussy, who is uh, Vinnie Pastor's character who plays Zach. Right. He is supposed to be. It's like a triangle. Uh-huh. You know, and he's supposed to be the one side of that triangle, and then uh, Andre three thousand or Andre Benjamin, who plays uh, Avi. Andre, why three thousand? That's his name. He's a music artist. Oh, okay, I get it. Okay, um, he did that song. Hey ya, hey ya. No, no. Okay. Uh, see, here's the pulse. Here's <laughs> me. Nowhere near it. <laughs> Anyway, he represents the one other end of the triangle, and then obviously Jake Green, which is Jonathan Statham, he's another part of the triangle. It's all three sides right. of the Kabbalah religion. Yeah. And there's these whole, there's so many layers in this movie. Psycho- like, and there's a psychological aspect. Well, the whole thing too. with Sam Gold, like the not being. Did you catch now? Did I, I read a lot of reviews. See now, you did the research. Yeah. I, I my immediate thing was let me see what other people thought of this. Well, I did the same thing. And there's a and lot I of people complained both. about the film. And here's the one: I got a lot of people asking, a lot of posts in these news groups, "Who's Mr. Gold?" 
He doesn't exist. He's it's Ray Liotta. Mr. Gold is Ray Liotta. You got that from that? I, I kind of well, thought that everybody was Sam Gold. It's the voice. It's, it's the voice it's, in his head. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Okay. Fine. Because Ev- everyone he, has Sam Gold in them. That's what I kind of took away from. Well, yeah. It. Well, but for him, he was Mr. Gold because if you notice, all the gold in his apartments, and he was kept tanning to the point where he right. was actually like a golden bronze color. Right. The tannings are very important to that. He is Mr. Gold. He is his own worst enemy, right? Which is just you know what's happening with state exactly. Yeah. And and then and there's the whole thing about how the reason why uh, Guy Ritchie chose uh, oh and, and and Jake Green's last name as Green, greed, money, you know. And, things what's, like, and what's Ray Liotta's name? It was um, shit. I don't remember. Mecca. That's right. That's right. It Which was is Mecca. Mecca. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so, I, think, I think in the credits it's spelled M E C H A. Uh, I'm pretty yeah, sure. I got it right so I, I, wrote, I wrote down, so I'm pretty it's sure. It's actually spelled M-A-C-H-A. That's what it said. Yeah. You said M-E. Oh, it's M-A-C-H-A? It's M-A. Oh, I misread, I misread it. Yeah, so, and so that, of course, is the Mecca, or the religious aspect of right. you know, Mecca. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And also, green is multi- uh, state them as green. Not right. only means green is money, but green as amateur, new. Because he's like they're trying to bring him into the fold, so he's the new guy. They're trying, you know, they're trying to show him the way. A lot of layers. There, in this it's movie. just this kind of film that a week later you're still rolling it around in the back of your head. I want to see it again. Yeah, because I know I missed things. I know I've missed things. Yeah, and you go back and you just you see all those. It's like oh, that's that. Oh, okay, you know, I get it now. You know, it was Guy Ritchie doing Mammoth. That's best I can say. Yeah. No, and he just nailed it. Yeah. And you know when I, you know how I know he nailed it because. Seventeen percent on Rotten Tomatoes is just, and I don't want to call everybody stupid, but if you do a I little, do. if you do, I do. Can I can I call everybody? You're stupid. You're <laughs> stupid. If if the critics had done a little bit of homework, or had done a little bit of uh, you know research, and then saw the movie, guaranteed it would have been much better received. If I read reviews. And 80% of the negative reviews say either it didn't make any sense, I didn't get it, or I don't want to have to think this hard for a film. Good movie. Oh, absolutely. And it's a bit of a film snob angle there because I I do admit sometimes you don't want to see a smart film like that, but it doesn't mean it's a bad film. You shouldn't review it if you're not in the mood for it. Watch it when you're in the mood for it and then review it. I can understand like reviewing it coming out and saying – like I didn't understand it, and I just, it was beyond me, and it just didn't make sense. I don't like films like that. But actually, giving it a, a bad star rating and yeah. calling it a bad film because it's too smart for you is very bad. And you know what else too that I thought That's the was... best I could come up with was bad. Yeah, I couldn't get bad. Bad. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, one of my other notes is uh, there were scenes in the film where it had very short. Animation like a scanner darkly. Oh, when, that, when, that when I, the hotel room sequence. Right. That I hate that animation. But in small doses is excellent. Right. Really, it is. You know? Uh, the mo- it had that kind of Guy Ritchie. It, it wasn't as. It was actually quite linear. Yeah. The storyline. So it was unusual for Guy Ritchie, who likes to do the whole jumping back and forth thing. Yeah. But it did have that kind of natural born killers uh, feel where it was like, okay, let me, let me play with different. St- Styles of storytelling. It was a very experimental film. I think the whole reason why this movie was made in the first place because he was still with Madonna and you know very big into the Kabbalah religion and all that. 
And I think I think that's the only good thing that came out of their relationship. To well, be honest, it pro- he, is uh, that this film ended up getting made. I believe it was the first film he did after that Madonna film he did. Very forgettable film. Don't even remember the name. Damn it! What was it? It had Rupert Everett in it. Uh, something away. Oh, carried away, overboard. It's, it was, it was, it, like was a, it was carried away. It was a weird version of overboard, kind of. They, it's something, deserted. yeah, something. Uh, and I, I really think it was like, okay, I'll do a. Ho- I'm, I'm with her. I'll swept do a away. Ho- swept away. Swept away. I'll do a Hollywood film, and then everybody just said, "Yeah, you suck." <laughs> and it's like, all right, I'm going back to what I'm doing. You know what? I'm going to go more. I'm, I'm taking it all the way. That's right. right. And he did this. And it was he- really, if you look at it, he went to the extreme of that, and he said, okay, I'm going to go to the other extreme and make a film that no one likes on purpose, as right. opposed to making a film that no one likes accidentally. Right. Yeah, I mean, he, he went and did Revolver in 2005. He got a short release in the U.S. in 2007, 18 theaters only, mm-hmm. uh, made, I think it made $80,000, $84,000, something along those lines, and... The United States got a slightly different cut than the UK version to kind of dumb it down, I think. <laughs> yeah. You know, for here. Sure. Which really sucks, but what are you going to do? Uh, he wanted it released. And then he went from that and went and did uh, Rock and Roller. And there's obviously a sequel for that. The real Rock and Roller is slated, and I have a feeling that it'll actually get made because uh, Sherlock Holmes comes out in December. Mm. So I just, I just think. Uh, Guy Ritchie's on a roll right now. And sp- speaking of these kind of films, I mean, are we, are we done? Is there anything else you want to add? On no, that? I think I mean, we're done with Revolver. There's not much else you can say besides it's brilliant. You got to see it's it. It's absolutely brilliant. And then do some research first before you watch it. No, no, no. Do the research afterwards, man. Go into the. Well, if well, you're prone to hate something because you don't understand it, you might want to do research beforehand. If, if you hate something because you don't understand it, don't don't watch films. Just go yeah. sit at home and watch. Go watch sitcoms. I, I hear Jeff Dunham has a new series on Comedy Central. I'm sure you'll enjoy the hell out of that. You can understand everything. Why do you have to insult our audience? I'm not insulting the audience. I'm sure most of our audience can understand films and don't mind being challenged. Oh, okay. People that listen to us aren't going aren't the kind of people that whine about hey, it's too intelligent. Fine. <laughs> okay. I'm not insulting anybody that that likes <laughs> our stuff. Okay. Yeah. I'm insulting the people that you know make negative you know post on YouTube. So how do you know Paranormal Activity wasn't a real film? <laughs> because I'm not a moron. Yeah, I can't help it. Speaking of Paranormal Activity, no, no, I gotta go back. Speaking of Revolver, speaking of Revolver, I finally saw Boondock Saints. Oh, really? I finally got around to it because the sequel's out now. That's why look, I got look. around to it. That's like you know what? It's been I've really been putting this off way too long, and I gotta say I really enjoyed the film. No, uh, it, was a, it was a great film. It was a great film. It really had that kind of uh, that kind of revolver feel. Not revolver. Yep. That, that kind of Guy Ritchie feel to it. I know there's a documentary about the guy who made the film because he, he made yeah, because to, he kind of fucked himself every way possible. Oh God, it's I actually have it on my uh, Netflix uh, Instant Q, mm-hmm. and I haven't watched it yet, but I have planned uh, to watch it. It's obviously why it's on the queue. But uh, oh my God, this guy had the world. His movie. He made this movie, Boondock Saints. And couldn't get it released theatrically. And basically, what happened was, you know, everyone that looked at, no, you know, we'll push it aside, we'll do this, we'll do that, goes theatrical, very limited, finds cult status on DVD, I think a year or two later, right? and just blows up. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the first times that, you know, a director has, you know, made a movie where it excelled so well. You know, once it went DVD, that just like the world is 
at his fingertips. Right. You know, it's just the world is yours. And he just fucked it up. Left and right. Mm-hmm. Just, and now, I mean, he's he also directed the second film, which I haven't heard good or bad yet, to be honest, but... What's the, what's the, what's, oh, the second one. Yeah, I haven't heard. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't all, seen it. all Saints Day. I, I'm just going to go into it blind. Well, I, I you love know what? Sean Patrick blind. Flannery, I like him, but he's obviously had some Botox or something done because he looks nothing like he used to. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen any pictures of him or I, any video. All uh, the time. If you've seen the trailer... I haven't. If you've seen the trailer... I stop watching trailers because they keep ruining the goddamn films for me. Yeah, Why no. am I going to watch the trailer? Well, I'll I, watch 2012 because I know how that ends. <laughs> <laughs> Everything, everybody, you know, the whole world is destroyed except for John Cusack, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> if anyone should survive the end of the world, it should be John Cusack. That's right. You That's think, right. Uh, he'll hot tub time machine? He'll go back and save the day. I'm dying, I'm dying to see that. <laughs> dying to see that. Man, we well, see I, we're suckers for time travel. Uh, I'm films. a sucker for time travel. I'm huge. And you when know, I heard, the, when I saw the, I saw the title of it and read the description of it. It's like this is gonna. Who even made this? This is gonna suck. And then you see the trailer and it says, "I gotta see this exactly. now." But I'm getting sidetracked with that. You're right. killing me. I'm but, sorry. But um, when you mentioned the whole idea how he screwed up his career yeah. after making this film that everyone loved, it reminds me of Blair Witch. These guys make this brilliant film. Oh yeah. All of a sudden, the world's at their fingertips, and everything they do after that is not only crap, but like crap squared. Even the Blair Witch video game sucked. I wonder if... Uh, the Blair Witch sequel, they're talking about doing another one now. The, the original guys that did the original film are talking about doing a an original sequel that will pick up where the last film left off. Now, I don't know how they're going to do that. You know you know what? Neither do they. <laughs> they just pitched the idea. Now they're scratching their heads. How the hell do we do that? Well, actually, it, I, I read that the idea is going to be pitched, and if it's rejected, they'll do something else. Yeah. But not, if it's accepted, that, they did that film altered, right? That's on Netflix now. Uh, the one director, the one director, right? Uh, of the the two, yeah. And then those kids that were in uh, Blair Witch, and I liked the film, but then the kids disappeared. They were on shows. It's funny because I, I yeah, after the girl had a cameo in a Jason Biggs film, like right after, and then yeah. that was it. And the whole world wanted to kill her anyway. Yeah. yeah <laughs> if if her personality came across in person as well as in the film, I'm, that's why she didn't get any calls. I remember, I remember reading about the rough cut they did mm-hmm. where test audiences came out and like really wanted to physically harm her. So they had to tone her down so much in the edit because like, everybody hates you. <laughs> yeah, we're sorry. <laughs> no one likes you. Sorry. That's a, we apologize. Audiences are glad you're dead by the end of that film. I just can't help it. And, and you weren't even acting. You were just being yourself. So Paranormal Activity, I'm watching these the, 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 two, the actor and actress from that film doing these talk shows. And I'm just thinking, enjoy it because you're dead. Your career's over. That's it. Pretty much. Yeah. Bye, bye Mika. But see ya. <laughs> <laughs> Poor bastards. Yeah. And the people that did Paranormal Activity, I guarantee it. Nothing's going to come of it. I was just going to say the same thing, that uh, they're probably not going to do anything after this. Even though their film, $15,000, made $85 million already. They'll get a lot of offers. They'll take the wrong ones. They'll screw that up. Then they'll be poisoned. And then that'll be the end of it. They'll, they'll still work in the industry, but they'll never yeah. they'll never make out of that success what they should have been able to. Yeah, no. It's, and 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 it's they'll sad. use from the director of Paranormal Activity and the writer of Paranormal Activity. They'll use that forever until it doesn't sell anymore. Right. So, but uh, Mika. What, That's their actual names too. Yeah. Yeah. Katie and uh, Micah. 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 Sure, is that Mika? No, it's Micah. It's Mika. No, I saw the movie. It's Mika. No, it's Micah. Micah's like for Micah. She calls him out. Uh, calls his name out. Micah, Micah. I thought it was Mika, Mika. No. Okay. No. 
So, uh, but yeah, let's talk about paranormal activity. Camera on. My girlfriend Katie, she thinks there's something in the house. I don't know. You believe me, right? I think we're gonna have a very interesting time capturing whatever paranormal phenomena is occurring or is not occurring. Windows are locked, doors are locked, the alarm is on. Footsteps in, but there's no footsteps out. Oh, God. Oh, my God. If you do try to play games with it, that's inviting it in. Jeez, looks like something big here. It's not the house, it's me. You cannot run from this, it will follow you. I'm in control. You're not in control. What's happening to me? This thing left a message. If it's not a ghost, what is it? Oh, that's right. We're talking about that now. Let's let's talk about that. Was Kirk. a nice segue there. I didn't even do that on purpose. That was no. like a mistake. I'm well, like, that's where I was trying to go with it, and, and I just I just I took it there. I'm like physic. Yeah, man. So we both seen the film, and we've both seen both endings: the theatrical ending because we both saw it in theaters. I haven't seen the alternate ending. I've read about it, but I, I know of it, so I know enough to talk about it. Okay, I thought you did see the alternate ending. No, I, I didn't get a chance to, but I have read about it in detail, so I do know the differences. Okay, and I've seen right. the, I've seen the theatrical ending, and I'm, I'm comfortable talking about it. Fine. All right, uh, spoiler alert, because I'm not holding back the ending. You know what? There's no reason to give a spoiler alert because it's in the it, trailer. It's in the goddamn trailer. Yep. So you know how the film ends. Even if even if you don't know how the film ends, you know how the film ends. It's this type of film. It can only end one way. Yeah. So spoiler alert if you don't know already, and it, it, that's it. I'm not, I'm not saying it again. All right. So uh, basically, I. Uh, I like the film. Mm-hmm. Genuinely creepy. I actually, for the first time in a long time, I slept like crap the first night after I saw this movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, it didn't affect me that way. Uh, it's just, you know, if you have a house that kind of makes normal creaky noises settling, if your house is older than maybe, my house is like, what, 65 years old, I think. Uh-huh. You know, it just, and my house is comparably quiet to the house I grew up in. It just, you kind of... The way they did it, the way they did it was very well done with the fact that, you know, they're going to bed and then that's when shit happens. Right. I don't want shit to happen when I go to bed. So you kind of, you know, it's it, gets, very, it gets in your psyche a bit. It's a very primal fear. The whole, like, uh, letting your hand dangle under the edge of the bed at night. Or, or your foot or your leg will go over the edge of the bed as well. Right. Is it that kind of, no matter how or, old you are, there's that little party who's like, something's going to grab you under the bed. Or, you know, like, you, you know, your covers as a kid, you know, when you were scared, your covers protected you right. kind of feeling. You know, things like that. Yeah, so I mean, I mean I'm, I'm a little, my first apartment I got for $500 a month because the, the re- previous owner had killed himself. With shot a, himself. Shot himself in the head. Yeah. And there was still blood on the walls when we got it. And there was no haunting. 
No. And I was ready no, no, for no. it. And, and I don't believe in any of that crap. It's just that, you know... I, I'm i not saying it's crap. I don't believe in any of it. But if you can take I'm, somebody like me that genuinely doesn't believe in anything like that, uh-huh. and my house making creaky noises and stuff like that kind of gets under my skin to make me sleep like crap. Not that I think my house is haunted. Just the fact that it's waking me up and it's like, oh, I can't sleep because this crap wakes me up because I'm apparently I'm more sensitive to right. it because I had just seen a movie that does that. You, you know what? Uh, Micah? Yes. Reminded me of you. <laughs> Why is that? Because when you just said, I don't believe in that crap, I was like, you know, I, was like I could almost see if, 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 if your wife was being haunted, right. you'd be that exact same kind of... Yeah, 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 don't worry about it. We're going to film it. It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. Come on. What you got? Come on. <laughs> You've been the one, be the one well, goading the evil entity. It's well, like, I, hey, this is kind of cool. What's well, going on? I love the one line in the film where it is a lot like uh, me and Mare where it's, you know, I'm the, the IT guy, the tech guy, and I'd have, like, all these cameras and whatnot. And mm-hmm. she goes, I love you and your weird uh, uh, love affection for electronics. Right. <laughs> now, did you, you know, also, if, if you have seen... Uh, Paranormal Activity. When they show them, did you did you catch that when he was recording the voices and they're playing it back on the computer? Uh, yeah, I'm almost positive they were using Audacity. No, they were using Audacity. Yeah, no, absolutely using Audacity. Okay, that was the first thing I. It's which one is, of my notes in here. Which is one of the program. Which, which well, it's what we edit the show on right. at the moment. No, yeah. Well, you know what? I don't really see why we wouldn't use Audacity forever because it's a great program. It's, it's, so open, far it's right. open source. Yeah. It, you know, obviously the sound quality is phenomenal, but they were definitely using Audacity. I, I'd even do ba- paid advertising for Audacity. <laughs> <clears throat> but I thought of you a couple of those times. The whole thing with with the uh, the Ouija board. Yeah, I, I could so as I Joey Joey do that. It was like I didn't say I I didn't buy this. <laughs> by, and by the way, Ouija board scene, yeah. way cool. That was very very cool. You know, it's just it, floating around. It's just moving around and then just. Burst in the flames. People can bitch and whine about this film all they want. What I got to say, and I saw this in a in a theater chock full of annoying teenagers. Yep. And I got to say, that was the best audience to see it with. Now, they were a little bit too talkative during the film because there were so many of them. Right. So like, the, the whole ratio was wrong. But when you watch horror films, the right horror films, you want people to go, ah! Oh, you want reaction. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, of course, you've got the one girl out front who's just... Uh, I can't. I, I can't even think of anything derogatory to say. But you got that kind of girl where, the, the, like, the minute there's a pause, like, oh my god, 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 oh my god. like, like she's got to play it up. Uh, so okay. Sh- you know, you're, you're waiting for someone to sort of kick her in the back of the head. But for the most part, people were just generally like, ah, ooh, right. kind of laughing. Yeah, and you, cheer, know, you know, one of the things that the film did very, very well was uh, just building suspense, just building tension, where you would just see, you know, uh, them go to bed, and then it would. Light would go out, and you would just see when when you would first see it would say night whatever. The counter would speed up. One yeah. fifteen in the morning, and you would just you'd just be waiting for something to happen. Right. And, and the tension, the build up was superb. Now, and that and, and I think that's what a lot of people had a problem with because a lot of people going into this film that you know they they weren't accustomed to things like that felt bored waiting for things to happen. It, but in the film is a textbook example of how to build suspense yeah. and how to manipulate an audience. The fact that they would show like the one night where you hear the noise, and then there's another night where there's a noise. So this isn't the third night you're waiting for something to happen, and all of a sudden she like she wakes up. It's like, oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> right? Because they catch you off guard, and they, they do that. They, they they it's it's a series of okay, here's a pattern. Then we're gonna break the pattern. Right. Then here's something else to scare you. 
But then you're used to that, so we're going to switch, you know, they, they keep changing the pattern. Oh, yeah. And it, it's all textbook. Textbook editing, textbook pacing, style. This is, if you're a young filmmaker, this is the film to watch to know how to pace a film. The, you know, forget, it's not great dialogue film. The concept is very simple. But if you want to know how to actually assemble a film, this is the one to watch. Oh, absolutely. And the, the, oh, yeah. The art is there. All the craft is there. Yeah, when he was, like, throwing the baby powder down on the floor. Yeah. You know, and when they wake up the next day, you see the footprints. But it's not human footprints. Uh-huh. Like you knew right then and there that it, you weren't dealing with a human entity. You were dealing with, you know, a no. You're dealing with a day trader. You're de- oh, you mean oh, you mean the spirit? Oh, okay. Yeah, it was like a three-toed something. It was definitely a demon. You know, like mm-hmm. the, the the psychic had mentioned earlier. In the film. <laughs> right. I think my favorite part of the film that I think the audience cracked up the most at what? is when they called the psychic back the second time. And he was like, "Yeah, I got to leave. Bye." <laughs> what, what, what was that? <laughs> We don't need that jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been me. I got it. Don't call well, it. What'd you call this fucking guy for? <laughs> I don't want him in my house. I can see you doing that too. Listen, Scott can perform the exorcism. We'll bring him <laughs> over. I got this. We'll just spackle it up. Don't worry. It's not a problem. Is it? It's all right. Don't yeah, worry, baby. I get it. I mean, for the film, I, I, my, one of my notes was see what you can do with a right. line of credit at Best Buy and an interesting concept. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So, what was it? $11,000 budget? 11000 bucks. And uh, they gave the the film to Spielberg to kind of retouch the ending. And in my opinion, I like the ending that he did. I thought it, you know, it quote unquote jumped out at you. I prefer the alternate ending. Now here's the deal too: the theatrical version is also tighter. They edited it down a bit, and they made it a bit more. Um, they made it pop a bit more for a the- theatrical viewing. Yeah. Like the, the deep, some of the deep rumblings in the film weren't in the original. They kind of played more for the idea that if you have surround sound and you're with people, uh, this is the kind of thing you don't watch. Oh, sure. No, Watching at home on DVD, the, the original version, probably plays, it probably plays fine. But the, the editing is tighter. It, it, so having that kind of quick ending at the end right. also plays in the whole idea of the slow, fast, slow, fast, slow, fast, the way the film's kind of paced. So I, it, it works a bit more. I still prefer... Oh, no, no. I st- I, well, and, and like I said, I like both endings. But I still prefer the alternate only because... The alternate makes more sense. And it's it's more realistic. Yeah. And well, to, to me, yeah. to me, having a more sensical, realistic ending makes it a little bit more creepy. Because when I saw the theatrical, even though I liked it, it just went too Hollywood for me. And that's at one split second, you're like, yes, yeah, too Hollywood. Yeah, I know what you it, mean. No, right. exactly. It just yeah. went, a, it went a little too Hollywood for me. And you, you know what? You know what it is? I guarantee what it is is they're watching, they're looking at this film. Like, all right, we know it's going to make ass loads of money. We have to release it, but something's wrong with this. So we, something's just not right with this film. So I was like, wait a minute. There's no CGI in this. Exactly. That's it. We that's need CGI. We did, no one's going to see it. How the I hell see. did we not think of CGI? How come there's no CGI in this damn film? Well, we, we're going to put CGI. It's like we'll find a place. Don't worry. We'll we'll find a place for CGI. Right. You got to have CGI. It's going to be in the theater. Come on. I'm surprised it wasn't 3D. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the Ouija board. <laughs> or the last scene in the film, which I, is in the trailer. Now, could have been 3D I, if you really think about it. Yeah, I honestly think that they should they, they should try to rush out real quick uh, a crossover between a Christmas Carol and Paranormal Activity, where Mika, Micah, Micah. I'm, cons- I'm just convinced it was Mika, but Micah, Micah, and uh, what's her name? Katie. Ma- Micah and Katie are visited by three spirits over the course of three nights, 
And at, at, at the, by the final one, like like Tiny Tim's spirit, like uh-huh. throws Mika through the window and, and possesses her, uh, Katie, Kate. <laughs> what I, was that? What was that, Mika? I am the ghost of Christmas. You know, <laughs> and the candle floating over. <laughs> Calls up Father Christmas with the, with the Ouija board. <laughs> the Ouija board's laughing. I don't understand. It's like, H-A-H-H-H-A. <laughs> the Ouija board should have talked in text code. Sure. Yeah. That would have been great. What, 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 the Ouija board said ROFL. I don't get it. <laughs> News from the grave. OMG! <laughs> Exclamation point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, that was the one part of the film that I thought was a bit of a weak link was the whole, with the message that came from the Ouija board and how he, he eventually tracked down somebody online who had had the previous experience with the spirit. Right. And I, I said, like, okay, you're trying to explain more about the spirit, but you don't need to. Because no one was sitting here thinking, explain what the spirit is. You know what? In a regular film, people want more backstory. In a kind of pseudo-documentary like that, I think everybody was fine with the idea of, yeah, something's haunting them. Who cares what it is? It's scarier to not know. Exactly. You know, it, it's like the Jaws effect where you don't see the monster they tried to explain for a too long much. period of the film. Yeah. And then when you finally see it, it's like, oh, wow. But, you know, with a film like this, you don't have to see the monster. Yeah, and you know, and that's it's scarier to not know. And, 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 and that's like a Hollywood problem too. And I've dealt with that as a screenwriter. We've I've had screenplays where we've had people reading them, and they come back and they have these questions like, "Yeah, but but there uh, there was like one screenplay we had where where the guy uh, cuts off his phone lines, or whatever, and then later on he mentions, "Yeah, I called him." And I was like, "Yeah, but we don't understand how we called him. Does he have a cell phone? How did he? Because he cut the phone. How did he call him?" I was like, "Do you really give a shit?" That's not even part of the plot. It was just like a throwaway line. Right. It, it, it bears no. It's like it's like a nitpicky kind of thing where people worry that there's no, that there's, there's loopholes. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, all films have loopholes. They have open ended things. There's uh, Bela Lugosi's The Raven. The Raven. I'm, I'm rewatching because yep. I'm finishing the book up, and I want I'm going to be doing some audio commentary for the film. Oh, cool. And like, there's a scene in the opening where the woman's driving in the middle of the night, and she's startled by a detour sign and drives off a cliff. And so they have a quick shot of an ambulance. Right. And then they cut to the hospital. In, in the hospital room. Okay. And when you watch, and, and I'm the kind of guy where I watch that and I think, well, you had to have the scene of the ambulance because otherwise you'd show a car crash and you'd go to the hospital and you're wondering, well, how'd she get to the hospital? What she do? What? Who is it? Her in the hospital? I mean, we don't know. You're just you make assumptions. You make. Right. Uh, William Goldman, uh, excellent screenwriter, wrote, wrote The Princess Bride. Right. Uh, guy's like a, a legend. He's just brilliant, and he's even written these lists up where he's talking about people complaining about. You know, he had there was a list that was circulating, right? About things like you know, it's a film when you always find a good parking spot right in front of the building you're going into. Oh, we talked about that. Yeah, and yeah. and his problem was like, all right, you want to bitch about that because yeah, you want to see the twenty minutes they're circling around yeah. the block to find a spot. If you want to see a seven hour film, a seven hour film where people are doing stupid stuff, that's great. But the whole point is the film's supposed to be condensation of a whole a series of events, and you have to skip things. Things have to be assumed. And I, I like it when you watch some director's cuts where they, they film these things, of, well, we need to know how to get from here to here. And then when they watch the film, it's like, well, yeah, but that kind of slows everything down. Do we need that? And then they cut it out. And you don't you watch the director's cut later, and you say to yourself, why did they even need to film that scene? Because you didn't need it. It's There's this obsession, sure. with, there's this obsession with filling holes that aren't really there. You don't need to know this stuff. So you didn't really need to know about the ghost or the origins of the spirit. It's good enough to know, with the film the way the film was. All you need to know is, yeah, something's haunting them. Yeah, so that's my little rant there against that. I mean, uh, that's all right. 
It was a good rant. Uh, no, I liked it. Nowhere near a full rant capacity, mind you. That was a, that was a very mild <laughs> no, rant. No, no, no. I see. I was going to go full rant capacity for Law Abiding Citizen, but Scott stopped me. Yeah, because I really wanted to ruin the ending for that film like you wouldn't fucking believe. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So what else we want to talk about? What else we got going on? Well, let's, we, let's take a break. Yeah, so let's take a break and we'll come back shortly. Oh, I got a package. So it's not break. And we're back. Welcome back. Movie Sucktastic, final round going on here. Um, we're trying to get into the whole thing of reader mail, reader responses coming back. Yeah, we're getting feedback more and more. Yeah, not a lot, but so I want to, I had a couple of things online, a couple posts online. Before we started the podcast, I threw a post on Twitter and Facebook asking anybody if they had any questions, they want, anything, films they wanted to talk about or any questions. Shout them out real quick, and then we'd talk about them on the show. So I got a couple back just in time before I shut down my laptop. Michelle from Facebook, she uh, said that since we have a Friday the 13th coming up uh, this month or next month. I believe it is this month. That she wanted to Yeah, you know, November 13th. Yep. There you go. So she wanted to know if we wanted to talk about any uh, of the Friday the 13th films. Sure. Why not? I mean, we've talked about them in, uh, <clears throat> briefly yeah. in the remake uh, podcast. No, I haven't seen the new one. I have not seen the I yet. hated it. Did Absolutely you? hated it. Did you like the remake of Texas Chainsaw? I didn't hate it. It was it was it was actually okay. It wasn't great by any means, okay. but it wasn't. What did you hate about the uh, Friday the Friday remake? <sighs> well, what I hated uh, the most about it is it it didn't it really didn't need to be redone. Well, that's obvious. Beyond yeah. that, though, well, the pacing was wrong. The whole thing with him and his mother just felt wrong. It what it did was it took these characters and it put. The very beautiful 90210-esque characters in the middle of nowhere in a cabin. And, and then kills them. And then he kills them. That's okay then. As long as you kill the, them. But the main problem with it isn't its story. It's, it's no fun killing the girls if they're not pretty, Joey. Yeah. No, what the main problem with the film isn't that the story that it takes. It's that how it's acted, how it's directed, and how it's paced. It just in It just didn't flow mm-hmm. very well I can see that so that and that's just one of my main qualms about the film is that it just didn't flow 
right. very well at all. Well, it didn't feel mm-hmm. like a Friday the Thirteenth film very much. It just re- it just really felt like a remake of a Friday the Thirteenth film, and it shouldn't have felt that way. It should have absolutely when a remake, taken when a remake feels like a remake, you know you're in trouble. Yes. Yeah. So since we don't have much to talk about as far as the new one goes, let me approach this then. Okay. What's your favorite Friday the Thirteenth? My favorite Friday the Thirteenth. Favorite has probably got to be. It's probably got to be four, New Beginning. Really? Yeah. Well, let's run down the list. Okay. One. One. Friday the Thirteenth Part One. Well, you know what? All right. Maybe I'm going to retract that. I'm, I think I'm going to have to go with the classic and say Friday the Thirteenth Part One is one. My one's a classic. One was great because um, the MPAA kind of lost track and let, let the whole... This is this is one of the reasons the MPA went ape shit when it came to the horror films later, later on. The first Friday the 13th, they really just didn't pay attention to it. It came and went through. Right. And so, for some reason, they didn't catch the violence and they didn't have to cut it before it got an R. Yeah, no. And, and yeah, there's exactly. a lot... I mean, that was and that was Tom Savini original arrows through the throat and spikes and it's yeah. some really brutal stuff. Oh, yeah. And they got away with it. Very much so. And, 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 and of course, my, my favorite... My favorite uh, you're doomed... <laughs> Which I had to cut from the last podcast because it was unlistenable. What? You basically, right into the microphone, went... You, oh, it was just like static? Oh, d- it was... Like I swallowed the mic? <laughs> it, 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 I, <laughs> there was no way I could fix it. No, it was a great character because you know, you're doomed. And he's <laughs> the first person. He's on the scene. He warns all the kids. And he's like the first to bite it. The whistleblower gets it first in all the horror films. It's great. But I loved him. And the violence is good. Yeah. And... Uh, Kevin Bacon's not in that. Yeah, he is. He is. That's, that's no, right. He is. Okay, thank you. I knew there was a Kevin Bacon thing in there. If it wasn't him, it was somebody that looked like him. No, it was him. So we both agree one was a good one. Mm-hmm. Now I have to admit, two and three very hazy in my recollection because I was I didn't mine watch. as well. I know three was in three D. Yeah. Which is another thing that kid, you know, they're I, coming I, out with they're coming out with Friday the Thirteenth part, part two, two in three D. They couldn't wait for the third film. Because they're fucking shoving 3D down our goddamn throats in every other fucking movie now. So it's like you really couldn't wait till the third film to kind of like, you know, right. go with nostalgia. Yeah. You just couldn't, could you? Mm-hmm. No, you couldn't. So fuck you, Hollywood, and this 3D bullshit that you're cramming down our throats. Yeah. Yeah, shame. Yeah. yeah. But I, I've never really seen the 3D one. I, I think it's like- I've seen two and three. And like you, pieces, very hazy with it. Yeah, very hazy. It's like it was almost like the same thing over and over again. Um, I remember the uh, severed head in the refrigerator at the end of three. I think it was mom in the fridge. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now you liked four. I did like four. Four was horrible because it was the like the new beginning, and it was a Friday the Thirteenth you know, without Jason. You know why I think? I'll tell you what. You know why I think four. Kind you have the guy with the ear flap hat get the, yeah. decapitated on the motorcycle. And, and and I retracted it to say that. No, wait, 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 wait. That was the one with Corey Feldman. No, Feld- no, no. That no. was the one with Corey Feldman. Hold on, back up. No, you got it mixed up. Five is a new beginning. Four is the final chapter. Oh, that's right. Four is one that's of the right. better ones. Right, yes. So You confused me. I'm sorry. When you said new I'm beginning. That's- four, four is great. Because four is when they revealed Jason without the mask. And, yes, and, and Corey the, Feldman is bald with a machete at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, no, chop- Corey Feldman's great in that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah and you know why I oh, think... Oh, and wasn't um, Crispin Glover in that too? Is it the one where, he, where Crispin Glover bites it? I think he's in four as well. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, because yeah. the, 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 the hot chick, like, uh, cock teases him. 
And he's like all depressed. He didn't get laid. Then he gets stopped. So he's it, it's like the one guy. He doesn't get laid. And then he's, if I remember correctly, I could be wrong. He doesn't get laid, but he gets killed anyway. So he has not the rules. <laughs> Come on. I guess because he wanted to. Right. He had lust in his heart, Jason. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? The, I think their biggest reasons uh, why I said, you know, four was probably my favorite. And then I retracted and said one was my favorite. And then you corrected me to say, oh, yeah, four was actually a good one. I think I grew up with four more than the first one because I saw it first, I think. Mm-hmm. Because when it had come out, I was like maybe eight years old, nine years old. Right. And I had seen it. That was like the first one I had seen. Usually the first one you see sets the tone for what you like. Right. And yeah. then I had gone back and watched the rest of them. And, right. You know, so I think that's why I, I had said four just subconsciously just popped into my head, even though I liked the first one better. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why I think I went with that. Yeah, so I like four too. Five was bad, New and old. everyone hated five because there's no Jason in it. What, what the hell is this? And it, you know, oh yes, yeah, spoiler alert: it's not Jason. Um, and <laughs> yeah, then, they were going in a new direction because you know they had done it four times the, already. Hence the new beginning. Yeah, and then they realized, yeah, that was stupid because there's you know, it was like Halloween three, season of the witch. Yeah, guess what? There's no Michael Myers in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I like that too. But, no, I did like yeah, Halloween three. Really, everybody's pissed you know? off. So why'd you even use the title? So, well, because you'll come to see it, won't you? Yeah, <laughs> and you did, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. Yes, silly bastard. <laughs> but uh, five, yeah, crap. Right. And and again, it, when you have like the mentally handicapped guy with the flap hat driving around in circles on the motorcycle and they beheads him. Oh man. <laughs> and that's kind of you know, and the whole bait and switch is the crazy kid, the one killing people. Oh right, yeah. Ooh. Hey, who could it be? A house full of loonies. Who could be the loony? Yeah, thank, thank, thanks for that that decision. My six. first one I ever saw was six. You st- oh really? You started at six? I started huh? at six, and I I love six. Six is my favorite because they were pumping those out just about every year. Uh, I, I have a chapter in Monster Rally called "What Would Jason Do," and I talk about morality and horror films. Mm-hmm. And I, I mentioned that Friday the Thirteenth Part Six is the first film I saw as a kid that I I recognized that morality played us in horror films. Is the first time when I realized I got I got excited at the time. I was like I, I never noticed that, but it was like, everybody that died at Jason's hand broke the law or broke some kind of morality law. Some you know whether it was trespassing on gra- on mm-hmm. private property or sleeping with somebody or doing drugs. It's like wow, he's, he's Jason's the good guy in this. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of interesting. And I've always loved the one line that was in the trailers with the two kids hiding under the bed. So what were you going to be when you grew up? I always loved that line. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and, and any 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 film where where Horseshack gets impaled? No, he doesn't get impaled. He tears his heart, tears his heart out. Um, That's right. He yeah. does. Which and this brings up a point with after they kill Jason off in four. Technically, he's been in three films at this point. He wasn't in one. And he wasn't in five. So they want to bring Jason back. Yep. So, and I, I like this because in Jason Jason six in Friday thirteen six. Electricity brings Jason back from the dead. That's right. They open the coffin and... And he stabs him. He gets hit by lightning. Because the psychiatrist's idea of the healing process for the young child who survived Jason's is to stab the corpse repeatedly with a piece of metal. And And it acts as a lightning rod and brings him back to life. Right, which apparently does not help his state of mind at this point. No. No, no, he doesn't come back and say, God, got to stop and smell the roses. You know that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, my problems are over. (laughs) Or he's just pissed that he's alive again. It's like, God damn it, man. It's like you get a kid afraid of dogs, you make him stab a puppy to death. That's a, you're all better now, right? Yeah. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> but the, so the, you have that. Then we, now let's go on to seven. Okay. Which I also like. It was the psychic girl. That's right. Right. 
That now, was... in this one, the psychic girl's psychic powers bring Jason back, right? God, I can't... I... The psychic one, I just, I completely forgot about that film. I didn't. I, I remember. Well, I saw no, that in no. Theater. Well, I remember it vividly. Now that you've brought it up, yeah. You know, it just came right back into my psyche. I remembered wanting to see that in the worst way because I just thought it looked so goddamn cool that she could do these things, and there was like a worthy opponent of Jason. And I thought it was kind of cool. Again, they, when you're dealing with the same story over and over again, since Jason had become a supernatural element, so to speak, right. a kind of force of nature, yeah. it only made sense to throw something else supernatural up against him. Yeah. And pitting Carrie against Jason, technically, was kind of cool. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I remember... It was great to see... It was re- I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I've only seen it the one time. Really? I've only seen it the one time. And that was, uh, I didn't see it in the theater like you. I saw it the following year when it came out on video. Mm -hmm. And again, this is what, 20 years ago? 25 years ago? I remembered liking it a lot. Not 25 years ago. It came out in 88. 73? That's 25? Man, I'm old. Never mind. Okay. I I keep forgetting how old I am. It hasn't been 25 years? No, it's been 25 years. It's not 25. It's like 20. It's like 22. Closer to 20. Closer to 20. It's it's 20 plus. It's uh, too long ago. But I, I like the idea of Jason having finally having uh, a like you said a worthy opponent. Right. Where usually it's just him stalking, killing, stalking, killing. This time he's taking nails to the head, and she's like throwing things at him. Like, Electricity wow, from like yeah. uh, the uh, the lamp in the hallway. Right. So just, he, she's kicking his ass at some points. Yeah. You know, it was great to see Jason have to struggle for it now. Yeah. Like you know, there's always like, man. I got to work for this. So somebody somebody's fighting back. What's, what gives with this? It was God. It was a nice change of pace. I like that. Now, so then in Friday Part Eighth, eight, which is. Jason, Jason takes, takes Manhattan. Manhattan. Oh, <laughs> this is where the hate comes. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that in a theater. Really? Yeah. I think I realized I was going to hate Friday the 13th Part 8 during the scene in the beginning. It's like the first 10 minutes of the film where the kid gives his girlfriend the gift. Right. It's like, yeah, here, I know you're a writer, so I got this for you. It's Stephen King's pen from high school, and it's like an old ink, like, quill pen almost. Oh, yeah, like the, that's right. It's like, it's kind Stephen of, King wouldn't have used that. It's like, he used a Bic. He's like, he was in school in the 70s or 60s. He's not that old. Right. He, you know, he, he was, I'm not, 70s, obviously, sooner than that, but still, he's not Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> so, wow, so you gave her a pen that was a big metal stud at the end. What's it called? The uh, the bit? The nib? The nib. It's the nib. Nub. I don't know. We don't even use typewriters anymore, Jesus. But like, it's, it's, like, it's like, wow, that that huge pointy metal pen, that's going in somebody's eye soon, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I was like, all right, they've set this up an hour in advance, and she, she could have stabbed them with a pencil, but it had to be this... Pen that, Stephen King-owned pen. Right. It was like quill. And, I, 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 you know, and I'm waiting for her to say, well, yeah, but I would have preferred a ring. How about this pendant? You know, it's just... Again, what a nice card. Again, a screenwriter trying to explain too much, trying yeah. to set up too much. Yeah, and then it's Jason takes Manhattan. The big thing is it's in the city. It's in Manhattan, right? Yeah, and half of it's on a boat. Yeah, and I don't even think it was filmed on location in Manhattan. I think it was filmed in Canada. No, yeah, they couldn't, they couldn't afford to film in Manhattan. Would you agree? <laughs> That's why half of it was like on the rooftops and in the sewers. Right. It's like how do we film in Manhattan and not not? Well, I guess we just have to film like you know inside buildings and that. So it, you know they took their sweet ass time getting to Manhattan, and then they had they were just like maybe some long shots and yeah, horrible. I think uh, I think I've read somewhere that the only real shot in the film that Times was, Square. No. Uh, there was such a shot of Times Square. I don't remember. That's what no. I was just guessing. Oh, all right. Uh, I think I read the only real shot of uh, Manhattan in the film was the trailer. 
Pretty, oh, that's right, the teaser trailer. I'm pretty positive I, that was the only real shot of Manhattan in the whole film. Wasn't wasn't that in Times Square the teaser trailer? No, that was like at some dock. It looked like it was coming from Hoboken or Weehawken. I mean, you know, it, you know, it's bad when you have the scene where Jason sees a, a, a billboard. Maybe even Jersey City. I'm a, not even sure. Jason sees a billboard with a hockey mask on it, and he cocks his head like a confused dog. Yeah, because I because I, I can't tell you how many times I've been in Manhattan and I've seen billboards for hockey equipment. <laughs> You don't. And then when he punches the guy's head off and it separates like the, like it was cut with a machete, like he, he hits the kid right. and his head comes off, but it comes off with a clean cut. Yeah. It's like, how did that head come off? You know, so it's a horrible, horrible film. Terrible. How was he resurrected in 8? I'm not exactly sure. A, a yacht drags a power line out of the, out of the oh, ground. Oh, God, that's And hits right. his corpse in the bottom of the lake. So it's <laughs> electricity again that brings him back. So we've got electricity, psychic, or electricity. So yeah, you're right. So now we're on the, the Jason goes to hell. Now uh, we're on the Jason Nine. Jason goes right. to hell, and that's when I was working at the ramp, at the uh, Nutley Theater, and I got you guys in for free to see it with me. Yeah, and we were we wanted our money back, <sighs> and you worked there. Yeah, that was awkward. <laughs> we didn't pay for this, but damn it, you owe me some money. <laughs> you got to take me to dinner. And again, this was that, that's the the opening fil- scene of that is the girl being chased by the uh, by Jason. Right, and I remember it- watching. It's like this is great. They got the military after Jason. This is gonna be kick-ass. Well, who would have thought of this? Like the military finally get, catches on to the whole idea that this guy's killing thousands of people, right. and they swoop in. It's to be it's to be Jason versus the U.S. Army. And no, that's just the first two minutes. And I, and, yeah. <laughs> what the and, hell? Well, you knew you were in for, you know, horribleness when, when you could see a movie goof in the first two minutes of the film, where she's in a bathrobe and barefoot, running through the forest. Towel. Was it a towel? I think it was a towel wrapped around her. Okay. I'm so, guessing. So she was in the forest with a towel or a bathrobe wrapped around her, and she's just running through the forest barefoot, and the next shot you see, she's wearing high tops. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even where they decided to get high tops that would kind of mask in like the, the large brush or just kind of make it camouflaged a bit. No. These are like totally standout Nike high tops, and yeah. it's just so that because she did, obviously didn't want to run barefoot in the film, and because it wasn't... Wide screened to you know for uh, sixteen nine televisions because this was in the late eighties. The shot is full frame, so you can see everything. So you know it just it's it, it's one of those things where you could just totally see the goofs so soon, and it kind of sets up the rest of the film. Right, and it's just you're just just be prepared for crap. And then it, with the, the genius behind this one was well, you know, Jason's such a such a iconic figure. And everyone loves, you know, it's just, you know Jason when you see him. Mm-hmm. So let's get rid of Jason and turn the killer into his heart, which possesses other people. Yeah. Wow. It just, so, so, what a novel idea. Yeah. So J- Jason Goes to Hell was really Jason's dead and he's possessing other people, but he's not really in hell. Because, well, he's supposed to be in hell technically, but it's, 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 even when they explain it, it's, this doesn't make any sense. No. You know, when you know when you're watching a film like that and you complain about it not making sense, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then uh, the very next film on the list is Jason X. Yes. Jason in Space. Right. And, now, and that's the one where they finally just say, yeah, we just can't kill him. No. Yeah. <laughs> and they finally got around. It's like 400 years in the future, uh, and he's resurrected in space. It was like the year 24-something, I believe. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not 100% sure, but I know it was hundreds of years in the future. Right. It's like, holy shit. Really? Mm-hmm. It's like he survived this. Well, it was cryogenically frozen. Right. Yeah. And then so, he thawed and right. just wreaked And you know what? I didn't hate it. I, thought I it didn't fun. hate it either. One of the, the, one of the, the best... Because unlike Jason Takes Manhattan, where he, he was in Manhattan, pretty much 10 minutes of the film, 
Jason's in space. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, now Jason's in space. And they right. even make him kind of futuristic and they give yeah. him like the metal stuff. And, yeah, exactly. And I mean, it was my, just... my favorite scene in the film is just a, a scene that made me laugh. And that's when he goes into the hologram. Uh, oh, the, the holodeck. The, the holodeck. Yeah. That's when he goes into the holodeck. And he sees two girls like in a forest scene in the sleeping cause, bags. Because the guy looks up his history and finds out what he, what, what he used to do. Right. So they're trying to distract him. So right. he, he creates like the perfect victims for him in this Right. Like, and he goes area. over to them and he's like, we just love premarital oh, sex. <laughs> and then like two girls kissing each other. He's just flinging them around, uh, around his head like you would like he, a lasso well, he, he and grabs, slams him into a tree. He, he grabs him in the, in the sleeping bag. Yeah. And he's whipping him around against trees and stuff. He's like, <laughs> He just loved he, premarital and he finally sex. Start, he finally starts to catch on. This is they're not fighting back enough. This isn't real. <laughs> but I didn't hate number ten. I didn't hate it either, and I and it kind of I'm embarrassed to say that a little bit. Yeah, because no. you know it's your textbook bad movie too. Now uh, here's the problem. Now we just talked about all the ways they brought him back in six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, how they resurrected the character. I have a foggy recollection. Because, again, two and three are kind of foggy in my mind. It can't be two because one wasn't Jason, it was the mother. Right. So it has to be three. Unless I'm thinking of Halloween, but I don't think I'm thinking of Halloween. But I'm almost convinced that in three, like at the end of two, they supposedly killed Jason. I don't remember. I might be talking wrong because I, I could have sworn at the end of two or three. Maybe it's Halloween I'm thinking about because they, they take the corpse to the hospital and then he just gets up and leaves. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not dead. Yeah, <laughs> no, it wasn't Halloween. I'm pretty sure it was Friday the 13th 3. I'll have to go back and rewatch them. Okay. But it, it, it's, you watch all these things where they resurrect, and then you watch 3, and they just bring them in, and the guy's talking about, yeah, he killed like 17 people. It's horrible. And then in the back, you just see him get up. It's like, I'm not done yet. <laughs> it's like I'm I've a, got more sequels in me. I am a force of nature. You don't understand. And Freddy versus Jason? I never saw it. It's okay. I never saw it. I, I know it was yeah. huge money, and it made something like thirty or thirty-five million. Yeah. It's opening weekend. The, here's the thing, though: it, it did extremely well, and because it did extremely well, I would have put a Las Vegas bet that they would have done more of those types of films. Remember the big rumors that were going around? They were oh, going to do Ash versus Jason versus Freddy. I have the screenplay in my head. <laughs> I have it all plotted out, dude. Yeah. I could tell. I could. I could actually walk you through it right now if, if we had two more hours to go. I can wow. explain. I have it written up here. The only problem is Bruce Campbell's past his prime. He's not playing Ash anymore. If he maybe if he lost forty pounds, I just don't think fifty pounds, he might be able to pull it. I don't know if his heart would be in it at this point to do it. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. you know, hey, if Harrison Ford can have a six pack at sixty five, I think Bruce Campbell, if he lost forty pounds, could do Ash again. Yeah, he needs a decent screenplay to go to that six pack. Yeah. yeah. All right, and uh, um, I want to cover one more quick request we got on the line. Okay. I'll squeeze it in. Because one came from Facebook. The Friday 13th was a Facebook. Right. This one's from Twitter. This is a Twitter. I, 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 we won't, we're not going to have too much to talk about this, about this, and it's not really film, but I wanted to squeeze it in. Okay. Uh, Jen, off Twitter, with two N's, she's currently suffering from the swine flu. Oh, that's she, she got diagnosed last week, and I, I had it back in January. Way back in January, I had it. Sickest I've ever been in my life. Did you really have it? Yeah. I didn't even know that. No. Well, I didn't know it then. But then when they found out about swine flu, and when they first found out about swine flu and started saying, oh, right. uh, well, I think we got it from Mexico. We didn't get it from Mexico. And they're running through the symptoms. And I'm not a hypochondriac. You know me. I really, no, I really no, get sure. sick. And they're reading the symptoms and everything. And I was like, that's what I had. That's what I, I was that sick. I had 103. I remember you being horrifically sick for like a week. I was bedridden for a week or two, and I, I didn't. It took me a month to heal afterwards. My ribs were sore from the coughing a month afterwards. So that's what that was. That was it. Was that's what it was. Looking back, and and then 
a couple months ago, they came out with a new report that said, yeah, uh, swine flu has actually been in the country longer than we thought because people weren't reporting it. They weren't going to the hospital, doctor They just anything. figured they had the flu. Right, and they weren't, so they weren't going to their doctor with it. Like, I didn't because I, I didn't have any medical insurance at the time. So, and they said, we think it's been in the country as early as January, <laughs> which is when I had it. So, uh, so Jen's, Jen's currently at home bedridden with uh, swine flu, and so okay. she, she sent me a quick Twitter requesting that we talk about the new V-series. Since their arrival, there's been no contact with any of the 29 ships now hovering over the major cities of the world. My name is Anna. Don't be frightened. We mean no harm. The newly opened visitor healing centers are drawing huge crowds. The V's heal me. It's amazing. Standing by to go to air. Don't ask any questions that would portray us negatively. Afraid I don't have a choice. This interview is now canceled. The visitors didn't just get here. They've been here for years. They've been printing fake docs, passports, IDs, best fakes I've ever seen. What's embedded among us, they set out to cause worldwide instability. C4. They've been implementing a plan that will result in the extermination of every man, woman, and child on the face of this earth. Okay. Now, I, I don't think I know. I haven't seen. I it. I know they're trying to go Battlestar that, Galactica with it. Exactly. Now, I know you. I know you haven't seen it. I haven't. And I know I haven't seen it. I haven't even watched Battlestar Galactica. And I know it's on my DVR at home. Oh, you have the first episode recorded. I, uh, I definitely do. I'm, I'm not going to watch it, but it's there. Okay. But I do know that this that I caught some of the original series while they were playing on TV this past week. Okay. And do you remember the what original came out? I remember the original series vaguely when I was a kid. I think that came out, what, 84, 85? I was somewhere. very young, yeah. I think it was 84, 85. And I just, one of the only real things I remember from the original series was a scene where someone gets ripped at the face and underneath is like alien skin. That's during the press conference, yeah. Right, exactly. That's yeah. one of the most vivid things I remember from the show. I right. do remember other things from it, but I couldn't really sit here and tell you, like, major plot points yeah. and things I like mean, that. Because I, I was too young and I never really watched it. I was just over the age where I remembered all the stuff. That's when my, my film memory begins, television and stuff. And i got to tell you, what I remember the most is the advertising campaign. Unheard of. It was a huge... You watch it now, it's like just cheese. There's nothing special about it. It's just cheesy television it's stuff. It's just pure there's cheese. No, and there's no real... It's not like, like Lost. Right. Episode 1 million, like... How much did it cost the first episode? Of Lost? It was like a... It was, million, million or two. It was yeah, the most expensive pilot ever made. Like, when they do epic opening TV shows now, they really dump money into it. Back right. then, you watch this, you go, this really couldn't have cost any money. But it was huge advertising. It was it was the event. The event. It was the TV event of the sure. summer or, oh, the, yeah. or whenever it came out. I don't forget. Was well, I remember it being everywhere when I was a kid. But the thing was, they didn't. Even, you didn't even know what it was. There was no teasers of, like... They were lizards or this or that or anything. Literally, all it was was they would show a spaceship over over like the city, and then a V. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, <laughs> V coming soon. V. You didn't even know what V stood for. <laughs> so what's V? I don't know. We gotta watch it though. And everybody in the world tuned in that goddamn show because a, it was a big spaceship and marketing v. was excellent for it. It was. It just kind of dragged you in. Cable TV existed at the time, but I, I, so it wasn't like people didn't. 
didn't have other things to do. Eighties cables around maybe ten, twelve years. Yeah, but it was that, and like and, and this was after was it before or after VCRs were were, were commonplace. Oh I, well, well after. Really? We've been through this before. My first VCR was in nineteen eighty. All right, because I remember yours was a little bit after. Go ahead. Yours was a little bit after, but VCRs were well established at that point. Right. So, but I I mean I just remember. I don't remember videotaping it. That's why I don't remember recording it. So. Oh yeah, well I was recording everything at that point. That's, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. I, I'm surprised. If, if I would have thought we would have recorded it if it was out. I would have to do research on that because I don't. Or I I don't think I had a VCR in my house when we came out. Uh, the only reason why we did was because my father, you know, he had never owned anything like that before, mm-hmm. and I remember it costing somewhere around. I think it cost like fourteen hundred dollars too. Yeah, really expensive. And, you know, we didn't have a lot of money growing up as kids, so it was one of those things where my father kind of really scraped together the money for it, you know, for his family kind, mm-hmm. of, kind of deal. And I remember owning one in 1980. And they did become commonplace by then. They really did. Right. So. But I said, that's my, my biggest memory of V is the, is the big the big build up to it. And oh, yeah. at the time, I remember it being like, wow, it's a great show. And you watch it now, it's like, there is nothing. This is like the A-Team, but with aliens. This is a, the production value in this is nothing special. I don't I don't believe. I think one of the biggest Robert things. Robert Englund in it, by I the way. I was just going to say, one of the biggest things for it was that it had Robert Englund in it, famous for being Freddy Krueger and whatnot. I don't know how much of a draw that was to it at the time, though. I don't know. I, I think it was after the fact. It, it, it might not have been only for the fact that it was he was outside of the mask and maybe mm-hmm. people were taken away from it or didn't even know he was Freddy. And my problem, my problem, Mark Singer, who plays the lead character in it yeah. from, from Beastmaster. Uh, Beastmaster. <laughs> but I, from at the time period, I had just become a huge fan of the film If You Could See What I Hear. Oh, yeah, where he was blind. Yeah, yeah. and he's done such a great job in that film. The entire series of V... I can't help it. He, to me, his character's blind. Because he, he, he has the same kind of stare. I, yeah. It's just... I, I remember... <laughs> I couldn't help it. I remember the one scene in that show where he goes to save the girl in the pool. Oh, in the movie. Yeah, it, it, you see what I hear. Yeah, and she, you know, she, she, yeah. Yeah, she, she had drowned, and he goes in to save her, does CPR, brings her back. and it right. was, Which is true. It was it was a very touching scene. Yeah. It was just, it, it's, it, it's, <laughs> the world's worst game of Marco Polo you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. See the blind guy, Marco! Just a... Body floating in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. And I think my favorite thing about the new V yeah. is, have you read the thing where uh, the right wing, I'm getting a little political now, but okay. this is fun. Right. The right wing came out, these right wing authors came out and said, V is really a, a warning about Obama. <laughs> no way. The article's great. Think about it. Charismatic leader from another country. Uh, hypnotizes Americans, uh, ro- uh, romanticized by the media, tries to turn our country into a fascist dictatorship. Who does that remind you of? Really? <laughs> that article came out, and like, and, and the problem is something like that comes, comes out, and the rest of the media, uh-huh. the rest of the news media, right. is afraid of not being in on the loop. So they'll pretty much run anything that gets attention. So they all had to run the story of, is V about Obama? And then the answer, every one of them was, no. no. <laughs> it's, all, it's like the exact opposite. I love politics and these kind of things. It's like the exact opposite. Remember Star Wars came out? Sure. The new ones? And, everybody, and, and the critics came out and they said, yeah, that's about the Iraq War. And Lucas says, no, no, it's not about that. No, obviously there's no connection. I didn't wrote this years before. It has nothing to do with it. And then you watch the, the-, the film in the theater and said, 
No, it's about the Iraq War. Everything about the whole Senate thing, and there's no way you didn't write this about the Iraq War. Well, you're you're a lying bastard. I don't believe that he wrote them years ago. I I think no, he, he did premise years ago, and he wrote them now. That's, yeah, exactly. So, so he, and he's like, oh, obviously this it wasn't this because because God forbid he like someone doesn't pay to see his films the horror. So he's like, I, I didn't I didn't do that at all. That's not in there at all. It, it, it is. And then you got this one where the right wing is like, oh, this is. They're trying to Obama's bad. And this is an example of it, and then everybody is no. There's there's no connection at all. You're just crazy. <laughs> Which, but it does raise the point that okay. maybe Obama is not um, human. It, it, that's it. Maybe, maybe maybe the conspiracy that with the birth certificate isn't hiding the fact that he's actually a Kenyan or a Muslim, but that he's really a lizard person from another planet. And then, and through the eventual uh, eventual degradation of the USDA laws, right. cannibalism will become illegal. Will become legal, and we'll have the whole soil and green thing going here. And his lizard people will come, and oh. and feed on us. It makes a little more sense than the birth certificate thing. <laughs> yeah, we know how that went. Glenn Beck may jump on this. He may. Hey. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe they'll actually do. Um, maybe maybe a big reveal. Maybe Obama will make a guest appearance in the. Sure. Wouldn't that be great? They brought in. How, how cool would that be if if Obama actually appeared in V and actually like like tore off as and reveal himself as a lizard, you know, in the film just just for just for giggles, just just to just he he just might be cool enough to do it. Yes, yeah, yeah, just just maybe, <laughs> man. Well, but I think we're gonna wrap it up on that. Yeah, I think, I think we, we've exhausted ourselves now. Uh, oh, oh, we have to do movie challenges real quick. Oh, okay. So now so, we're gonna. This is part of the program where we. We do movie challenges to each other. Well, this is an, this is this is a. Uh, we're just gonna do the challenges now, and then we'll actually do the whole part of the program next episode. We're gonna True. actually we're gonna formally challenge each other now. We we pick a film that we want to make the other person watch because it's horrible, and then talk about it next episode. That's right. So, what's your challenge to me? Well, next episode we're doing a Thanksgiving special. We are doing a Thanksgiving special. I've rounded a list that uh, circles thirty years uh, from nineteen seventy nine to present day. Uh, well, actually, no. No. Uh, I've made a list. I was just joking. I didn't mean to actually sidetrack it. I've made a list that uh, is 30 years long from 1979 to 2009. Okay. And it's every movie that has been released in the month of November, not just Thanksgiving weekend, because a lot of times that's in the middle of the week. They don't do that. So we have a huge list, which you will be able to get on the website so that you can kind of play along, too, if you want. And we'll, be, we'll cherry pick from that list and talk about all these Thanksgiving yeah. films. We'll pull together a nice list of films. It's kind. It's kind of like we're, we're, it's the opposite of giving thanks. Yeah. For for films, it's just it's kind of like the the what did I do to deserve this? Exactly. Yeah. So for that, we're, we're making sure that our challenges for for next episode are from the month of November, so they fit into the theme. So you want to go first, sir? Yeah, sure. Uh, I have a list of five films, but I'm pretty sure you haven't seen this one. It's the Hulk Hogan horrific Thanksgiving Christmas film, Santa with Muscles, from 1996. Uh, Okay, I've never never heard of this. You're making this up? No. Was it in the theaters? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've never heard of this. November of 1996, it was released. Is this before or after No Holds Barred? This is after. They made a a Hulk Hogan film. I believe this is also after Suburban Commando as well. They made a film after Suburban Commandos with Hulk Hogan in it. Yes. And the the cover is hilarious. It's two kids in the film that are, are with him, and he's holding them up and showing his muscles. It's terrible. Okay. 
So that's my challenge to you, my I friend. hate you. I, I, oh, all right. If Great. I had to suffer through it, you have to suffer through it. All right, well, the one I'm giving you, I haven't seen either. And I feel I'm embarrassed that I haven't. So I'm giving you one that I'm going to suffer through as well. It's the I was going down the list, uh-huh. and I saw that November, my God, Heaven's Gate. One I've, of, I've avoided that for years. Like One of the most famous bad films ever. It's one of the most famous bombs in movie history where it costs... Expensive debacle bombs. Yeah, yeah. it costs a ton of money. Like and, Ishtar or um, Bonfire of the Vanities. Right, exactly. Yeah. So... So I mean, and I actually have a, I have one of the final cut one of the books about Heaven's Gate. I've got a couple other books that talk about it in detail. I'm actually doing my research on it while I'm watching it. Uh, I've, I've been putting it off for so long, but it's really a film I should have gotten into a while ago. Right, right. So it, it's really a challenge to myself as well. But I figure I might as well make you suffer with me. <laughs> you know? Okay, that sounds fine to me. Because if we weren't doing this, I was going to make you watch Looker, which I do have a copy of, so I will watch it anyway. Yeah, but so at I'll, some point we'll get to that. Yeah, I mean, I've been dying. Oh, I've rewatched that. I hadn't seen that since I was like young, yeah. real young, and just watching it again is like blew me away. I actually want to try to get a hold of Michael Crichton and just 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 make him make him apologize. He's dead, you know. When did Michael Crichton die? <laughs> seriously? Yeah, seriously. When did Michael Crichton die? It's not even a year. So it's recently. Yes, it is. That makes sense. I no one told me that. What did he die of? I believe it was heart disease, heart attack, something along those Michael lines. Michael Grayton's dead. He is totally stiff. Damn. Too late now. <laughs> I should have timed that differently. Wow. Again, pulse, me. Yeah. I don't know what's going on in the world. Politically, I, I read every day, but everything else I just kind of ignore. <laughs> I really, it's, all I know is movies and politics, and then the rest of the world could just go hang for all I know. Well, that's why I'm here. Yeah, that's you, you. You keep me grounded, sir. You, you are the wind beneath my wings. Okay. Near, far. I can't even do that. <laughs> I'm gonna try that. All right, let's get the hell out of here. Let's let's wrap this up. So th- thanks a lot. This is episode number six. This is episode Having a ball. Six. So once again, moviesucktastic.com, and you can you can reach all of our other stuff from there. Yeah, moviesucktastic.com, boothreviews.blogspot.com, Facebook, Twitter, guestbook. It's all on there. Forums coming soon. Merchandise sections coming soon. We got videos, videos, you name it. Movie it's reviews. On there. We're trying to do more pen and paper video re- movie reviews yeah. coming out. So just please visit the site, and you know we'll keep doing this if you keep visiting. But we're gonna get the hell out of here and go get some dinner. Yeah. So we're trying. Yeah. You know, we, but we're trying to keep it low. But that was great. Oh yeah, yeah. Great. So uh, and you can email us at themovieguys at moviesubtastic.com. Right. And so you know, let us know if you if there's something you want to hear us talk about. You got any criticisms or complaints? If we made a mistake and you have to correct Joey because it was wrong, you know, feel free to chime in on that. Scott will be wrong one time, guaranteed. Well, here's the problem: when he is wrong, I correct him on the spot. Right. I usually correct myself, though. I'm good with that. Not really. Yeah. All right. Fine. But yeah, I mean, contact us. Let us know. Follow us on Twitter. Get us uh, on Facebook. The contest is still running. We want to hear from you guys. Let us know we're doing a good job. And also, iTunes Podcast.com. Podcast Alley, Alley, and you can listen to it live from the website. So you got four different ways to get our show, five or six different ways to listen to it. So you got no excuse. You got to listen. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll see you next time. That's right. And just remember, never let a stranger touch you in your bikini area. Bye. <laughs> That's it. Movie we'll Fantastic. See you later. <laughs>